and, and the public as well. They can take your seats. We're going to start our meeting pretty soon. You got the memo. Commissioner, you got the memo. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're normal. They're just normal. Okay. Okay, she's rocking. She's rocking. If you can't have fun, don't do it at all, right? All righty. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting this Tuesday, October the 10th at uh, 2023 at 10.06 a.m. Calling to order. I ask you to please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we're going to do something a little bit different on the moment of silence. But Rabbi, would you come forward at least in the pledge? Thank you. Right there. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty justice for all. I'm going to have everybody seat at this point in time because we're going to do a little bit something different due to what's occurring, happening in our world today when it comes to the moment of silence. Uh, two commissioners, Commissioner Geller, Senator Geller, along with Commissioner Dean, has put uh, a supplemental on number 68 and 69. So what I want to do is I want to hear these simultaneously so I want Kyle to read those into the record so we're moving up item 1669 who obviously deals with what we're dealing with Israel so Kyle would you please read those item 68 is a motion to adopt resolution the title of which is follows a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County Florida supporting the right of the state of Israel to defend itself and its citizens against attack supporting Israel's right to live in peace and security supporting appropriate Israeli action to secure the safe return of the Israeli hostages and providing for severability and an effective date. Item 69 is a motion to adopt resolution, the title of which is as follows. <coughs> a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, condemning the brutal un uh, unprovoked attack on the state of Israel by Hamas, supporting the state of Israel's right to defend itself, urging the President and Congress to provide emergency assistance to the state of Israel and providing for severability and an effective date. Thank you. So I'm going to turn, I think, um, I'm turning to Senator Geller to introduce his item, followed by Commissioner Dean. Hopefully we can combine, combine these together, but Senator Geller, go ahead. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. But for Sunshine Law, it would have been one resolution, except Commissioner Dean and I could not discuss understand. doing it as one resolution. So am I introducing or am I speaking now? You're, you're introducing and speaking, sir. Okay, thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. This is a resolution supporting the right of the uh, nation of Israel to defend itself and take what unfortunately steps appear are, are going to be occurring here. We've all seen wars, we've all seen skirmishes, uh, both in the Mideast and in other countries. Very rarely have we seen attacks where women, children, the elderly are either or both murdered in their beds or taken hostage. It just, you don't normally see the broad scale hostage taking that occurred in this case. There are horrific videos out there 
I, I am aware, I am not stating that they are correct. I'm aware sometimes videos are fake today, but the videos of showing a, an Israeli soldier being pulled from a tank and then dragged until he died with people stomping on his body as it went by, are, these are not things that are supposed to occur in civilized societies. Uh, the uh, We've seen, I don't know, these are accurate, a video of a beheading of a captured Israeli soldier, and there certainly have been threats um, that, of killing the hostages. Um, this, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I've been to Israel uh, on two occasions, both on Jewish Federation missions. I camped. I'm finding it difficult to tolerate the level of barbarism that was here. And we have a lot of people who frequently talk about, uh, or they chant the slogan, from the mountains to the sea, Palestine will be free. If you unpack that mountains to the ocean that they're describing the state of Israel, when they're chanting that, they're actually calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. So I want everybody to understand that that's what they're saying. I've always been a supporter of a two-state solution. I'm not sure what the solution is anymore because I don't know how you create a state with people who are sworn to destroy the state of Israel. Sometimes when people tell you what they are, you have to believe them. Sometimes what they tell you, what they're going to do, you have to believe them. and. They, the Hamas has continuously said that their goal is the destruction of the state of Israel, period. And as I said, the people have wondered about this failure of the, uh, the failure of security. And what it was was Israel had thought that by make, offering economic incentives to Hamas by creating more jobs there, that Hamas would be less militant and perhaps prepared to work with Israel. And we see that that's just not the case. And as I said, sometimes when people tell you what they are, you got to believe them. So uh, I, I'm finding it difficult, you know, to talk, as many of you know, I'm the former chairman of the board of the Holocaust, Associ the Holocaust Documentation Education Center. Um, when I see what just happened, I'm reminded of that. And let me turn it over to my colleague, Commissioner Udin. I am horrified at what occurred. By the way, the, I spoke with the Israeli Consul General. He is with the governor right now at the Shul in Bal Harbor, which is why the consulate can't be here. But you know, you've all met the Consul General before. We've worked closely. Israel is the only real democracy in the Mideast, and I, I just, I'm rarely at a loss for words, but I am now at the level of barbarism that we saw there. Commissioner. Thank you, Senator Geller. Yes, Commissioner Dean. Thank you. Um, and like the Senator said, I, I called Monica over the weekend and wanted to do something joint if we could with the entire commission, but Sunshine Law kind of precludes all this. So um, I, I'm going to adopt the comments that Senator Geller said, and I just want to add a couple uh, things to the equation. 
Um, and I mentioned this last night over at the Chabad in Coral Springs where we had a vigil and there'll be vigils popping up you know, throughout South Florida. And I encourage people to attend these and I encourage people to speak and speak out about um, the atrocities that took place. And I will say that it took place on Simchas Torah, Shabbat, and it wasn't the 50th year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. It was the 50th year and one day anniversary because they wanted to wait that day because that was how they could do the most destruction, kill the most people by doing this on Shabbat, a normal day of rest. So the actions of Hamas, a terrorist organization that calls for the destruction of the Israeli state, it's deplorable, it's disgraceful, and I do have to say, as a resident of Broward County and of the United States, people that are out protesting in favor of what Hamas is doing, that is equally as deplorable. It's disgusting, it should be condemned, it should be condemned from here. I condemn that. Free speech is one thing. Going out to protest in favor of slaughtering, beheading, and burning babies is, is something quite different. It's disgusting and it's disgraceful. And I stand with the state of Israel and the people of Israel. Uh, no United Nations, both sidisms on this. No, um, you know, moral equivalencies on this. This is Israel's 9-11 and it should be acted on accordingly. Um, thank you. Vice I'd Mayor, like to incorporate you... his remarks into mine. There you go. <laughs> We have two couple of uh, public speakers on this item, too, as well, but go ahead, Vice Mayor. Thank you. Um, I don't have a proclamation, but I'm uh, certainly going to support my colleagues, and if we had been able to speak about it, I would have been a part of it. Um, I just want to say I've had a long history of going to Israel. I went there starting in 1977 on a family mission with my family, with my then wonderful Rabbi Leon Kronish from Miami Beach. Uh, which is where I was raised. Uh, and that was the start of my love for Israel. I've been there 70 times. I haven't just been as a guest, there as a guest or a, or a tourist. I've been there as a part of the National Council of Jewish Women that has un an unbelievable array of human service programs that we started, including the Hippie program, which helps people of all races, creeds, backgrounds, uh, and uh, all people who, who, who need the services. The past few days have been extremely difficult for me and very emotional. Uh, I have been in contact with my friends all last weekend, this past weekend. Some of them I met in 1977. And uh, I have to say, I've never seen them so devastated by something. Uh, and they've gone through many, many incidents many wars, including the Yom Kippur War. But this is different, and it was, as was mentioned, uh, this is an attack on civilians, on innocent people. Uh, I was down at the southern border the last time uh, my husband and I went, right before the pandemic, and we visited a moshav, which is kind of like a kibbutz, but it's not uh, communal as, as, a, as, a, as a kibbutz is. And it's a small kibbutz down at the southern border, and my friends had, were, were friendly with the family there, and so they, they uh, invited us to come and talk about things that were going on. And, 
and, uh, and we had lunch there and in their beautiful home, and we, um, and we met their children and grandchildren. And uh, on Sunday when I spoke to my friend, uh, he did not know who they were, but 12 people were massacred at that Moshev. Mm. And I, I just, it's, it's just almost impossible to, to say. And, you know, people talk about 9-11 in Israel. They're talking about it as their Pearl Harbor. But all I can say is that there are, in, 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 the, the, the Hamas terrorist assault on Israel is the single largest loss of Jewish life in any single day since the end of the Holocaust. Just think about that. And these are innocent people. And we just have to speak out as, 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 as often and as strongly as we can uh, to, to show our values here and that this is not something, this horrific tragedy just can never happen again. Uh, I want to just mention that the Federation is having an event, uh, a, a vigil, uh, on Wednesday evening at Temple Beth Emmet in Cooper City, um, and it will be an opportunity for the community to come together, um, interfaith partners, um, and, uh, and uh, affirm our unwavering support for Israel, uh, and honor the, the, the memory of the scores of people who have been killed in this horrible Hamas attack. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Um, we're going to hear from our two public speakers at this point. Uh, Ms. Tiffany Burks, are you here? Yes. Please come forward, if you will, uh, to the podium in front. And I know you want to speak on 68 and 69, which are held concurrently as well. Okay, thank you. <coughs> Give me a second, let me pull this up. Three minutes, correct. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, again, my name is Tiffany Raquel Burks. Um, I'm a community organizer, a birth justice doula in Broward County. And I co-organized the protest that happened in downtown Fort Lauderdale after the killing of George Floyd, where we had 3,000 people show up. I also co-organized the protest that was right outside of the government center here on Juneteenth of 2020, where we had a thousand people calling on the defunding of police to stand in solidarity with people who have been um, brutalized by police departments across the country, but also here in Broward County. So I'm standing here in solidarity with the people in Palestine and the organization that I organize with, which is the Black Futures Alliance, which is formerly known as the Black Lives Matter Alliance Broward. Um, we wrote a solidarity statement with the people in Palestine with the brutal stuff that's happening right now. <clears throat> so the injustices facing the Palestinians share the historical badge historical baggage of systematic and racial oppression of black people in the United States. Malcolm X once said, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people being oppressed and loving the people doing the oppressing. So I just want to go over a brief history of the people's history of the oppression of the Pal Palestinian people. So after the conclusion of the Holocaust, which killed over six million Jewish people and displaced millions more, which was a horrific event. Jewish people wanted their own country. Britain promised Palestine as their promised land and the national home of the displaced people. However, the promise was made without consulting the people who already lived there. And 
it was um, so Britain had no right to make that deal or that promise. And so once that agreement was made in 1948, <clears throat> the, the Zionist movement worked relentlessly to carry it out. So that required, in their eyes, a demolishment of the Palestinian nation. So um, people were viewing this as a liberation movement, which we know it wasn't, because it was an ethical, ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people. So Huey Newton, who was a part of the Black Panther Party, said in the 1960s, we are against the government that will persecute the Palestinian people. And I stand in solidarity with that. Um, and the Black Panther Party really believed that the Palestinian people were the pioneers of liberating themselves from their colonial oppressors. So, again, Palestinian people were being ethnically cleansed for a period of over 70 years by deaths, bombings, bulldozing. Ms. Burke, fear. your time is up. Thank you. Okay. Could I no, speak on item 69? No, it's just you've already you had the opportunity to speak on either one, and you just did that. Thank you. Next speaker. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak Because we're, we're combining both together, so you have to speak on, the, they're actually one item combined both. Oh, so you only get like a minute and a half? You get three minutes per second. Thank you, Ms. Burke. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Nelson, I I'll think you're next. Chris Nelson is next. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Chris Nelson, Fort Lauderdale. And I stand here today in solidarity with the people of Israel against this unprovoked and barbaric attack by Hamas. I stand in favor of Commissioner Udine's resolution. And you'll probably never hear me say this again, but I stand here in favor of Commissioner Steve Geller's resolution. Any country, no matter what, no matter how you feel about the country, if you have a surprise sneak attack, a cowardly attack that comes unexpectedly where women and children are taken hostage, where women and children are killed and paraded in the streets, and where you have the perpetrators calling the victims' families on their phone and showing them the atrocity that is happening right in front of them to their family, that is not war. That is not civilized. That is barbarism. If you have a problem with another country, you put your men up, you declare war, you meet their men on the battlefield. You duke it out. This surprise sneak attack is absolutely cowardly and I am I'm appalled at what I've seen that I saw right here in Fort Lauderdale I saw people coming and protesting standing with Hamas and they can say they stand with Palestine but they they are standing with Hamas and they are saying that this is somehow justified absolutely not so I'm glad to see we're coming together as a community, Democrat, Republican. Um, we see Commissioner Geller and uh, Governor DeSantis on the same side. You're, you're never going to see that. <laughs> but that we come together and that we stand with the Jewish people, 
that we stand against this attack and I, I'm just, I can't believe how many posts that I'm seeing on, on Twitter um, saying that this is somehow justified. Uh, it is absolutely sickening because this is not justified in any way. I hope we pass resolutions, uh, give the people of Israel all the support they need and uh, as a community, and we come together and do that. And I just want to ask you one more thing. When you're appointing people to these racial equity task forces and things like that, just look into their background a little bit and what they support before you do it. Thank Thanks. you, Mr. Nelson. Thank you, sir. I think that concludes our public uh, input on these items 1669. Any further commission discussion? Is there a motion to approve item 1669? So moved. Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Gudeen. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. And um, I think everybody needs to be a co-sponsor on this, if that would be okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. So, um, a seven Mayor, to zero. Procedurally, um, Alameda County Attorney, how are they being combined specifically? Or what? We're being combined as far as voting on both of them okay. at one time. So, that, they're, they're still Thank separate. You. We're just voting Thank on you, the sir. same time, okay? Okay, again, a little bit different uh, that we now have a moment of silence, and we're going to stand here momentarily. It is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of the notable persons from our community who has recently passed. And colleagues, does anybody have anybody they want to recognize? Commissioner McKenzie, did you want to recognize anybody? Mary Ann Lawson, um, 87 years of age, um, from Dorsey uh, Riverbend. Uh, we memorialized her uh, this past weekend. Very good. Commissioner Dean, anybody other than Israel? Vice Mayor? Okay. I do want to recognize um, Cliff Berry Sr who passed, uh, who was a really dynamic leader when it comes to petroleum uh, in, our, in our port. Uh, true leader, his son, of course, Junior, and now Cliff Berry Jr. has taken over, but really a pillar in our community. He will truly be missed. And then again, of course, uh, all of our men and women who are serving and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for the service. Again, a little bit different today. I'm going to ask everybody to stand for the moment of silence, but I'm also going to have Rabbi come if you would offer a prayer as well. Rabbi, would you come forward? It's an honor to be here. My name is Rabbi Levi Chanowitz from the Synagogue of Inverary Chabad. I come here as a friend of uh, Commissioner Yudin and Commissioner Rogers and, and Commissioner Geller, and, all, all, and thank you all for your uh, support. Um, it's, not a, you know, it's not a time for speeches. Um, rabbis are known for giving that. I'm just going to say a few words of verses from our, from, our, uh, from our prophets. Do not fear sudden terror, nor the ra ravaging disaster of the wicked should it come. They contrive a scheme, but it will be foiled. They talk of a plot, but it will fail, because God is with us. This is uh, a battle between the forces of good and forces of evil. And all civilized, moralized, moral people should stand with the side of, of good. Israel is a democratic country, and we pray for the citizens of Israel. We pray for all the, all, all, all the people of Israel. And Hoseh Shalom Bimramav, Hu Yaseh Shalom Aleinu, Ve'alkol Yisrael Amen. He who makes peace on high shall make peace down here for all of for all of its inha the inhabitants of the world. Amen. Thank you. Just one more moment of everything else. You may be seated. Mr. Mayor? Yes. I'd like to ask unanimous consent that Commissioner Bogan added in the affirmative voting. 
Yes. On the two resolutions. Yes, Commissioner Bogan votes affirmative items 68 and 69. And, and I'd like to also be shown as a co-sponsor, please. We're all going to be co-sponsors on it. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Okay, today's music was brought to you by Commissioner Hazel Rogers. And let me see, Pump Me Up by Crossfire, is that right? Crossfire, and then of course Mood by Shaggy featuring Kess. Yeah, I love Shaggy. All right, thank you so much for the wonderful music selections. Today we have three proclamations. We have three proclamations today. I'm going to begin with the Commissioner Furr is going to present the Friends of the Broward County Libraries, and he will announce uh, who will be joining him at the podium, if he would. Good morning. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, with me is going to be Karen Smith, who is the president of the Friends of the Libraries. Um, Adrian Cohn, who is the immediate past president. Of, of the Friends, Anne-Marie McLaughlin, president of Friends of the North Regional, and my old boss, <laughs> Barbara Corral, who was a Friends of the Library and used to run all the uh, media specialists for Broward County Schools. Um, first of all, thank you all for being here today. Uh, and also, Allison. Allison is our director of libraries and, and one of the best. Um, so thank you all for being here today. Uh, I'm, it's, uh, we have some of the best friends groups anywhere in the United States. One of the most big, some of the biggest groups, most powerful, and the ones that speak out. And really, in this day and age, it is so important because you guys hold, you guys support our libraries in so many different ways. Particularly with the libraries being a little bit on the front line of all kind of issues, um, it's important to have friends that can speak up, that can. Um, support not only the librarians, but honestly the entire institution. So uh, thank you all for being here very much. Um, so let me read this and then, we, then I'll let you all speak here in a second. Whereas the Friends of the Broward County Library Incorporated, an, an umbrella organization bringing together leaders of local Friends chapters from each branch and regional library, is committed to su supporting democracy, lifelong learning, and opportunities for all. And whereas they work to increase awareness of the many ways the library connects with the community, providing not just informational resources, but research and technology assistance, readers' advisories, job searches, and information utilization. And whereas the Friends work to, to provide funding <coughs> for additional programming, materials, and equipment, and supports special events throughout the year. And whereas they understand the importance of well-funded libraries and advocate at the state and county levels for funding to meet existing and changing needs. And whereas the Friends give many volunteer hours to enhance and expand the services and resources libraries can provide to our community. And whereas the Friends of Broward County Library's gift of time and commitment provides a positive example of civic engagement that benefits the community. Now therefore be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates October 15th through the 21st, 2023, as the Friends of the Broward County Library Week, and urge all Broward County residents to extend thanks and appreciation to them for all they do to make our libraries and communities a much better place. And Karen, if you'd like to say a few words. Thank you to the Broward County Board of County Commissioners. A special thanks to 
to you for this proclamation today. The Friends extend capacities through dollar gifts, volunteer, program support, and advocacy. The Friends of Broward County Library will continue to travel throughout Broward County and to Tallahassee to advocate for our libraries. The Broward County Friends will also continue to make a difference in the libraries that we serve. We are the people who work sometimes behind the scenes at city halls, with the schools, our academic administration, or in the public at large to make sure that our libraries in Broward County are strong, relevant, and are well-funded. We thank you to the Broward County Board of Commissioners today for your services. Thank you, ma'am. And our own. Thank you so much for this recognition. I am continuously in awe of our friends of the library. Their tireless efforts to fundraise for us, speak out for us, and support us have not gone unnoticed, as is evident today. So thank you all for your support in this proclamation. Yeah, anyone else wants to speak? If not, we're going to do a picture. Okay. All and right. Just so you know, there's 34, chap 34 different friends groups in the county. Almost every library has a friends group. Yes. And uh, thank you all for everything you do. If you want to do a, a, a picture over here. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. All right. Thank you. That's right. Before our next proclamation, which will be given by myself and followed by another one, I just want to recognize that Commissioner Rogers wanted to introduce a couple of folks in the audience, she said. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, colleagues. Uh, District 9 is well represented here this morning. Rabbi, Rabbi Levi, thank you for being here. And of course, two commissioners, one from the city of Lauderdale Lakes, Commissioner Mark Spence, can you stand please, sir? <clears throat> and of course, my good friend, Commissioner Denise Grant from the city of Lauderhill. Thank you, they did not want to miss today. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Our next proclamation, I have the privilege of giving for the Red Ribbon Week. I think Melissa Sauer is here, so if she would join me at the podium, that would be great. So we're going to recognize Red Ribbon Week, and its uh, proclamation reads as follows. Whereas communities across America have been plagued by the numerous problems associated with illicit drug use and those that traffic in them, whereas there is hope in winning the war on drugs, and that hope lies in the education 
and drug demand reduction, coupled with the hard work and determination of organizations such as the Young Marines of the Marine Corps League to foster a healthy, drug-free lifestyle. Whereas governments and community leaders know that citizen support is one of the most effective tools in the effort to reduce the use of illicit drugs in our communities. Whereas the red ribbon has been chosen by the symbol commemorating the work of Enrique Kiki Camarena, a Drug Enforcement Administration agent who was murdered in the line of duty and represents the belief that one person can make a difference. Whereas the red ribbon campaign was established by Congress in 1988 to encourage a drug-free lifestyle and involvement in drug prevention and reduction of efforts. Whereas October 23 through 31 has been designated National Red Ribbon Week, which encourages Americans to wear the red ribbon to show their support for a drug-free environment. Now, therefore, be proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners that the Board hereby designates October 23 through 31st, 2023 as Red Ribbon Week Broward County, Florida encourages everyone to participate in drug prevention education activities, not only during the Red Ribbon Week, but of course throughout the entire year, making a visible <coughs> statement that we are strongly committed to a drug-free lifestyle. This is my honor on behalf of the board to present you with this proclamation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, and then we'll take the picture. Oh, the Young Marines is a nonprofit 501c3 youth organization for boys and girls age 8 to the completion of high school. We have over 300 units across the U.S. and over 10,000 youth, 3,000 adult volunteers currently enrolled in our program. The mission of the Young Marines is to positively impact America's future by providing quality youth development programs for boys and girls that nurtures and develops its members into responsible citizens who enjoy and promote a healthy, drug-free lifestyle. It takes a community to raise children into leaders, and with your support with this proclamation, it shows our young Marines that Broward County stands behind them and supports their efforts to spread the word to just say no to drugs. Thank you again for your time and support. Thank you. Thank you. We're take a picture if we can. Sure. <laughs> Okay, over here. One, two, three. Okay, next I'm going to call on what everybody's... What? Commissioner oh, okay, Dean? great. Large or medium? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, but he's up there, I can't. We're going to now call our own uh, Vice Mayor, Senator Nan Rich, for the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Of course, as we're all wearing our pink, and we appreciate that. And she's going to come forward with a presentation, a proclamation, followed by another presentation she'll talk about. So, Vice Mayor, come forward. Well, we have, uh, we have red ribbon and pink ribbon today. So, uh, and I just want to thank two, my two colleagues for their 
spectacular pink jackets, Mr. McKenzie and Mayor Fisher. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, this is um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we have this proclamation, and um, we have, uh, we're supposed to have, I hope we have everybody here, Monica Puga, not here, yes? You wanna come up, please? Go ahead, come on up. Um, and Melita, Nikita, is she? So you're here, okay, fine. Okay, uh, Melita was supposed to be here, and we do have Barbara Effman. Uh, come on, and Lane Jones. Lane Jones is with American Okay, so Barbara, as many of you know, has a long history of being involved with the American Cancer Society, and uh, so uh, she is here today to, uh, and she also has received herself a volunteer award for excellence in advocacy uh, for the American Cancer Society Action Network. She travels to Washington a lot and to Tallahassee to advocate on all of these issues, so we're happy to have her here today, too. Okay, whereas breast cancer is the most common cancer diagnosed in women globally, with significant incidence among men as well, whereas nearly 300,000 women will be diagnosed with breast cancer this year in the United States, and one in eight women in America will be diagnosed with the disease in their lifetimes, underscoring the urgent need for increased awareness early detection and support. And whereas early detection and increased awareness of breast cancer are key factors in reducing mortality rates and improving the quality of life for those affected by this disease, and whereas the month of October is internationally recognized as Breast Cancer Awareness Month, a time when communities, organizations, and individuals come together to raise awareness about breast cancer, support those who are battling the disease, and celebrate survivors. And whereas during this month, educational programs, fundraisers, and events are held to emphasize the importance of regular screenings, self-examinations, and the availability of treatment options. And whereas the Broward County Commission recognizes the organizations, healthcare professionals, researchers, and advocates that are working tirelessly to find a cure for breast cancer and provide support to those affected by it. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates the month of October 2023 Breast Cancer Awareness Month in Broward County, Florida. Someone wishes to speak? And then we'll have a picture, of course, with all of us. So uh, Barbara Effman is going to speak, um, and I just want to mention, um, I don't know who of you, but immediately following this presentation, you'll be doing that. Okay. We are going to be having a uh, presentation on breast cancer prevention uh, on behalf of Memorial Healthcare System. They have um, developed quite an extensive program, and I know that when uh, Commissioner Bogan was talking about um, many of the issues dealing with the heart program, that the issue of breast cancer came up and Memorial called and asked if they could uh, let the County Commission and the community know what they are doing on behalf of uh, breast cancer awareness. So, First, thank you to the Broward County Commission and to uh, Commissioner Nan Rich for 
bring forward this proclamation in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I've been a volunteer with American Cancer for almost 55 years on all different levels from president, statewide, and local, and a few national boards. I want you to know that American Cancer is the largest volunteer organization in the world. We have over two million volunteers in the United States. We are the largest funders of cancer research after the U.S. government for the United States. One out of every five deaths is caused by cancer in the United States, and there are 18 million survivors in 2022. The good news is that because of cancer research and because of the work of ours and all of you here to put eradicate cancer, that the uh, death rate from cancer has decreased 32% from 1991 to 2019. There's 1.9 million new cancers diagnosed every year. And in Florida, and I have a fact sheet for Florida if you'd like it to give out, there's 152,600 new cancer diagnoses with 47,542 estimated deaths due to cancer every year just in Florida. And I'm very excited to tell you about one of the largest um, walks that there are in the country. We're doing it in 150 cities and in Broward County, just tell us when it is. It's on October 21st at the Amarant Bank Arena and we are the number eight walk in the country right here in Broward County. So it's makingstrides.org slash BrowardFL. Okay, and we're gonna have 15,000 Broward residents. We invite you all to attend, it's a fun event. It's an uplifting event, we invite survivors, families, and everyone else. And this year, I'm sorry to say that it'll touch me differently than every other year because this year my daughter was diagnosed early with breast cancer and I will be walking with her and invite any of you to join us. And I thank you for your time. Thank you, Barbara. So we can have a photograph and then we'll have our presentation. Everybody can come forward. Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. We're going to have a presentation. You request unanimous so, consent to show uh, Representative excuse Ryan. Excuse me. I, I'd like to just introduce. No, we'll do that in a minute. Please go ahead, Senator. Yeah. Karina Herrera. I'm sorry, uh, but Melita is not here. Akita, she was supposed to be. Her mother is in hospice, so uh, she uh, could not be here. So uh, Karina will be making the presentation. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning, I'm Karina Marrero. I'm the Associate Administrator at Memorial Healthcare System and I'm joined here by my colleagues from the Memorial Cancer Institute. And thank you so much for the opportunity to tell you a little bit more about the programs uh, that we have at Memorial Healthcare System. 
So I'll start with some statistics, um, but I also wanted to mention that I am the daughter and the sister of two breast cancer survivors uh, that were saved by early detection and being able to get their mammograms. So I, I'm speaking not only on behalf of Memorial, but also as a caretaker to both my mother and my sister. Uh, breast cancer is the leading cancer among women. One day women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Follow-up testing risks of mammography screening. So we know that out of 100 women who get screening, 90 will receive results that their mammograms are normal, but 10 will be asked to return for additional mammograms and ultrasounds. Six will be reassured that their mammograms are normal. Two will be asked to return in six months for a follow-up exam, and two will be recommended to have a biopsy. So I'm proud to say that Memorial Healthcare System does treat everybody regardless of their ability to pay, whether they have insurance or not, or they're underinsured. So we have a comprehensive breast cancer program. Uh, it actually starts with prevention. So we're relentless being out in the community, educating women about the importance of annual mammography. Uh, we also provide genetic counseling, and something that is very uh, unique to our program is that every time a woman comes in for their annual mammogram, we provide them with a breast cancer risk assessment, which will give them the opportunity to learn more about their genetics. Uh, as far as di diagnostics, we provide 3D mammography as the standard of care to all our patients. We offer breast MRI, breast MRI biopsies, ultrasounds, and we have an extensive breast navigator program and patient advocacy. When a woman hears of a breast cancer diagnosis, they lean on these uh, professionals to be able to help them make choices and to the next level of care. As far as treatment, the Memorial Healthcare System Memorial Cancer Institute is a coordination of care between surgeons, oncologists, radiation oncology, patient and family resources, registered dietitians, nutrition counseling, psychosocial support, and financial navigators. And then for post-treatment, we offer support, support groups, pain management, physical therapy for lymphedema services, occupational therapy, social work, survivorship, palliative care, and patient and family advisory council. Other services that we provide is wellness, integrative medicine, massage and yoga, meditation, and we are very, very proud to offer the Center for Body, Mind and Spirit, where we offer salon services, wigs, and prosthetics to our patients. And in January, we'll be opening our doors to the Memorial Healthcare System Memorial Cancer Institute freestanding building. It will be centrally located uh, in the corner of Flamingo and Pines Boulevard. And we are very happy to be able to offer all the services I mentioned under one roof, uh, which will consist of also healing garden, educational programs, spiritual care, patient advocates, and we're also very happy to offer our community uh, ability to have access to many of the grants that we are the recipients of. So with that, uh, I will open up to any questions that anybody may have. No, thank you so much for the wonderful presentation. Yes, Commissioner Bogan, you have a question? Yeah, uh, first I wanna thank uh, uh, Commissioner, um, well, I wanna thank you for coming, I appreciate that. Thank you. And um, I, you know, I wanted to actually, um, 
thank Commissioner Rich and uh, for, for bringing this forward. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. We, we I believe last year, um, I used my office funds to sponsor a mobile mammogram and learned how many women don't get mammograms. And I also learned how many women, how many insurance companies are now changing from one year to two years. Instead of get, uh, paying for annual mammograms, they now pay for once every two years. And the results that we found from the mobile mammograms was significant. Many women had many issues uh, that they didn't know about. So, um, you know, hats off to, to you and Memorial for what you do. And, uh, um, you know, uh, hopefully we can do something and support that. Thank you very much. Unless, you know, not consider just October is our awareness. It's all year round. So even though we wear Absolutely. pink this October, we'll make sure it's aware. So any other comments, Vice Mayor? I just want to thank you. Thank you for coming. and. Uh, uh, I think it's really important what you said at the beginning. You serve everybody, regardless of insurance or not, so people can get the health care uh, that, they, that they need with regard to breast cancer. So. Thank you very much. My blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Kyle, would you please read our Tuesday morning memo? The Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 48. Public hearing items are 49 through 54. Regular items are 55 through 69. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferrals, substitutions, none. Scrivener errors under the meeting workshop notices portion currently reads ethics workshop Tuesday, October 10th in room 430 at 1230 p.m. Should read ethics workshop Tuesday, October 10th in room 430 at 1130 a.m. or directly following the county commission meeting if that meeting has not ended by 1130 a.m. Next. Next workshop currently reads Joint Study for New River Crossing Alternatives Workshop slash Presentation Tuesday, October 10th in room 430 at 1.30 p.m. Should read Joint Study for New River Crossing Alternatives Workshop slash Presentation Tuesday, October 10th in room 430 at 1.30 p.m. or directly following the Ethics Workshop if the Ethics Workshop has not ended by 1.30 p.m. Additional information, item 22. The board's consideration of this item is based on the resolution as amended by the Resilient Environment Department. Item 46, the board's consideration of this item is based on the substitute exhibit one distributed as additional material by county administration. Item 58, the board's consideration of this item is based on the replacement exhibit one distributed as additional material by the transportation department. Item 61, the board's consideration of this item is based on the substitute agenda report and exhibits one and two distributed by the county attorney's office. May I request without objection items 57, 58, 60, 61, 63, 66, and 67 be moved to consent. Time certain, item 59 will be heard at 11 a.m. immediately followed by item 62. Additional material, regular meeting. <clears throat> item 1B, board appointment. Item 22, amended resolution submitted by the Resilient Environment Department. Item 25, memo to the board submitted by the Human Resources Department. Item 46, substitute exhibit one submitted by county administration. Item 58, res replacement exhibit one submitted by transportation department. Item 59, letter from Broward County Public Schools Office of the General Counsel submitted by the county attorney's office. Item 61, substitute agenda item submitted, substitute agenda item submitted by county attorney's office. Additional material, public hearing, none. Uh, thank you, Kyle. I know we're approaching 11 a.m., but I just wanted to go ahead and at least get our consent polls first, and then we'll move on, okay? So we're gonna start with our consent agenda polls. Vice Mayor Rich, any polls? Commissioner Bogan. No polls. Commissioner Dean? No polls. Senator Geller? None, sir. Commissioner Furr? None. Commissioner Ryan? None. Commissioner McKenzie? None. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Commissioner Rogers? 
All right, County Administrator, Ms. Sapiro. Very good. Mr. Myers, very good, okay. Mr. Melton. Okay, public, Ms. Campbell. Items 12, 34, and 48. Very good. Okay, I guess we can go and take a motion right now to approve the consent based on those, uh, Mr. Myers, if you'll read it. Thank you, Mayor. Today's consent agenda uh, is items uh, 1 through 48. And then, Ms. Campbell, I just want to make sure I got this right. Uh, the, it's minus public polls, which were items 12, 34, and 48. Correct. And then are added to the consent agenda uh, are items 57, 58, 60, 61, 63, 66, and 67. Moved by Senator Garcia, second by Vice Mayor. And for discussion, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Since we have just a couple of minutes left, I'm going to go to item number 12. Item 12. Motions A through G are motions to adopt budget resolutions transferring funds within the Law Enforcement Trust Fund for the Broward Sheriff's Office for various task force and programs. There's one speaker signed up. Very good. And it is Tiffany Burks. Ms. Burks, would you come forward again for item number 12? Ms. Burks, are you still here? I know she was sitting to your right, Kyle. Is she no longer there? Ms. Burks? Yeah, I don't see her. Mayor, I'll move it. Last call for Ms. Burks. Not moved by Commissioner Bogan, second yeah, yeah. by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Got one minute left. Can I do number 34 if I can? Item number 34, please. Item 34, motions A and B are motions to approve agreements between Broward County and Sunshine Cleaning Systems, LLC for janitorial services at various facilities. Motion C is a motion to approve agreement with janitorial five-star services, LLC for ser janitorial services at various facilities. And motion D is a motion to authorize the Director of Purchasing to negotiate and execute amendments to the various vendors listed in the summary explanation and background section of the item and to extend the agreements for janitorial services at various county facilities on a month-to-month -month basis subject to review by the county attorney. There are... Which our speaker, public speaker is? One public speaker... Latoya Julian. Julie, Ms. Julian, are you here? Mayor, I'll move it. Hold on, let me make sure. Let me call it once, twice, all in, all done. Did not see her in the audience, last call. Okay, moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner McKenzie. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Now we're on 11 o'clock, so we're now going to move to item number 59. Item 59 is a motion to discuss proposed amendment to the Broward County Charter to expand the jurisdiction of the Office of the Inspector General to include the School Board of Broward County. We have one public speaker. Very good. Please call him forward. Chris Nelson. Mr. Nelson, item number 59. Go ahead, Mr. Nelson. Uh, yes, Chris Nelson, Fort Lauderdale. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I've come today to speak in favor of this resolution. Uh, the Broward School Board has had some problems, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, a uh, damning grand jury report came back on August 19, uh, finding that there was fraud, 
and mismanagement uh, going on uh, within this $800 million smart bond program. Okay, construction delays, supply chain issues, uh, cost increases, and it uh, ballooned this to over $1.4 billion, nearly double the original estimate. Now, where is this extra money going? Because we see the school board, they always come with their hand out, and they say, oh, we need money, more money from you guys, and it's for school safety. If we don't increase the tax rate, then people are going to die, and it's going to end in school safety. But my question is, where is the oversight with this money that... Uh, that is going to these companies, and then it's the, these costs are ballooning out of control. Uh, it's crazy. Five Broward school board members um, were removed for this. And also in this report, they talk about, and I know you guys know nothing about this, but hiding little things in the uh, consent agenda, that the consent agenda goes through. Really, there should be no consent agenda. The consent agenda should go away. Everything should have to be talked about, so there aren't little things in there that we hide. And I know we, we come back, and then uh, we're, we're always hearing that taxes need to go up, or the millage rate needs to stay the same. Uh, but then we have reports that come out that show uh, waste, fraud, and abuse uh, going on there. I think that the uh, school board chair is here and I think she supports this. I think the, the school board voted for it, right? So they support it. Um, so I hope that uh, that you'll vote yes in favor of this, that we have the inspector general here in Broward, uh, that we'll have oversight of the school board. Uh, but also, uh, I hope that this inspector general is actually, you know, doing his job and actually is impartial. It seems her, these her days... Job. Her job. Her job, sorry, her job. I hope that she's doing her job in an impartial way uh, because, boy, it's hard these days to find men and women who are uncorruptible, and, and that's on both sides of the aisle. But in the end, if this is done, and this is done right, school safety will, uh, will be benefited, the students will benefit, uh, the teachers will benefit, but th that's over there in that building. It's been a mess for a while. I think this school board right now is doing a pretty good job. They got a good superintendent. I hope you'll vote yes to this. And I hope that this uh, marks a real change and, uh, and, a real, and really, in the end, helps the students of Broward County and the teachers, because that's what matters. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Elston. I do believe, Kyle, we have two more speakers. Is yes, that not correct? The, there are two more speakers. The next one is Marilyn Batista, followed by Lori Ahadoff. And may I think I would like to have the, the uh, Madam Chair go first, if I can, sure. of the school board. Madam Chair, good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lori Ahadoff, the chair of the Broward County School Board. Here with me today is Marilyn Batista, our general counsel, and George Jerboen, our chief auditor. On behalf of the School Board of Broward County, I respectively request support for the proposed amendment to the Broward County Charter to expand the jurisdiction of the Office of the Inspector General to include the School Board of Broward County. My colleagues and I are committed to the Inspector General's monitoring of school board matters and acting as the independent watchdog for residents. Given instance in previous years, we consider 
this initiative to be highly important in the spirit of promoting integrity, transparency, and accountability of the business of the school board. Upon your approval to the charter amendment, we look forward to structuring an interlocal agreement to move this process forward. We thank you for your continued support and reiterate our unwavering commitment to serve our residents with transparency and efficiency. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Ms. Batista, do you wish to speak? Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners. Uh, I'm here as a resource. Um, um, if you need any, have any questions, I'll be happy to address them. Appreciate you. Mayor, Yes. I, and I apologize. I just did want to mention also that our new Inspector General, uh, Jody Brees, is here with, with Council as well and uh, is available to answer questions if there are questions, but she has not signed up to speak. I saw Ms. Jody again. Welcome. I'm glad that you're in that position. Okay, that public that concludes our public portion of this particular item. Any commission discussion? Mr. Dean? Um, so this came up last year, and we started talking about this, and there was some you know, interest from the school board doing that, and we were waiting for some elections to take place. We sent it back to the school board to have them discuss it again. They're in favor of it. I agree with the chair of the school board. I think this is something that should be done. I think this is something that should be um, welcomed by the school board. I think that it will allow for greater transparency, greater accountability. Um, I'm very happy with the, with the reports and what's being done at the Inspector General's office. If you read some of these reports, I mean, these are top to bottom, very detailed, um, very uh, thorough, and I think that the public would benefit greatly by doing this. So I, I know this is only a motion to discuss, but I support the, the county attorney and working with the school board attorney to come up with an interlocal agreement, work on charter language so that the voters can vote on this and, and bring more transparency and accountability to our residents in Broward County. Very well said. Senator Geller, followed by Commissioner Rogers. I was just going to move it at the appropriate time. We want it, the school board wants it, non-controversial, let's vote. Mr. Rogers, do you have any comments? Thank, yes, Mr. Mayor. Okay, I, I'm just asking, do we ever have a conversation between the Broward County Board and the Broward County School Board? You know, I'm new. I don't know if there's any collaboration, anything that we deem important enough for both entities to have a conversation. Is that being done? We have had in the past, um, obviously there's been items on our agenda as well affecting the school board and when we do we have conversations with them at that particular time but obviously uh, we always welcome conversations between the two boards and again Madam Chair is an amazing individual who always has their line open for communication. Any further discussion? Uh, Mr. Mayor, continue yes. um, follow up to your response. Sure. It was not very clear because when you have specific meetings there is a time certain for those conversations when there's an item to be discussed. So I just wanted to know if there are any items that we deem important enough for there to be a conversation between Broward County School Board and Broward County Board of Commissioners. This was a very important item. Sure. So maybe it was discussed someplace somehow, but I wasn't here. But just wanted Mr. Pierre, to Mr. Pierre, are there any upcoming items things. that we need to discuss with the school board? Do you know up at this particular time? Well, not as um, the two bodies um, convening together um, or on a time certain such as this. I mean, clearly we are at the staff level um, 
constantly in communication with the school board for issues related to um, hurricane preparedness and things of that nature um, and other collaborative issues, but um, not um, as the two commissions. Okay, very good. Commissioner Roger, do you finish? Yes, Mr. Mayor, I'll okay. continue the conversation another okay. time. Thank you. I actually, I, go ahead. And I just wanted to answer, add, add one thing to what Monica said. I know that when the school board, and I met with Chair Alhadeff back in the day, when it was, and Tracy Jackson and our team in, in, in the administrative level, when there's important safety issues, I can tell you that our administrative staff and our school board staff, and, and the bus radio issue was a big one. It took, it, these things aren't as easy as everybody thinks that they are. But there was a lot of meetings and a lot of behind-the-scene work together, so there's been a good door for collaboration. And of course, remember what uh, Senator Gell just said a minute ago. Commissioner Ryan, you're up. Commissioner Ryan, did you want to speak? Aye. Followed by Vice Mayor. I was going to um, uh, make an inquiry um, to our general counsel, and um, with regard to the jurisdiction of the Inspector General's office, obviously it uh, applies to, uh, to to us county commissioners. Uh, and to the municipalities, but uh, can you speak to the jurisdiction with regard to the, uh, the the other constitutional officers, the jurisdiction of the Inspector General's office to investigate and, and provide uh, recommendations? Mr. Myers? Uh, yes, and, and I just want to confirm it uh, against the charter. It's my understanding, and I'm going to look to Ms. Brees to uh, nod in the affirmative. I know the other constitutional officers uh, are subject to provisions of the ethics code, I don't know if the Inspector General, uh, well, perhaps Ms. Breeze can answer that directly while I pull it up on the charter, or Mr. Gironi is uh, as well as here and probably knows the details of that. We can have Ms. Breeze come forward. We want to put her in a spotlight anyway. Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners. The uh, charter specifies that the jurisdiction of the Inspector General is only over the charter government of the county and of the municipalities, the providers, employees, and officials. And, and the only thing that I was saying, and I, I think that, that's right, and I'm looking at Joe also, but I, I thought there was a provision in there that the board passed that obligates the constitutional officers to comply with provisions of the ethics code, but your jurisdiction doesn't extend to investigate that? Correct. We okay. would not have the authority to look into that or to pursue that in any way. Okay. Very good. Mr. Ryan, any further questions? Yeah, so, so if there was to be... Um, any type of uh, modification with regard to the breadth of the jurisdiction of the Inspector General's office, um, would you expect that um, you know to occur through some you know separate referendum that um, you know the county were to sponsor to you know amend our charter, or have you had any discussions with the constitutional officers here in Broward County with regard to uh, you know perhaps them you know uh, volunteering to um, you know, to go come under the jurisdiction of the Inspector General's office. Commissioner Ryan, I have not had that conversa conversation with any of the constitutional officers. However, this is a matter that has been raised. Um, and uh, as I understand it, there is um, uh, the county attorney's office is contemplating uh, drafting for your approval uh, in a resolution to place on the ballot a change to the charter that would actually accommodate uh, another agency outside of the charter government of the, uh, of the county uh, pursuant, as long as it was pursuant to an interlocal agreement, and that is how we envision this to go with the school board. 
meaning the county attorney might draft something that was broad enough that would allow us to enter into an agreement with a constitutional officer. And, and that agreement would only uh, extend for the length of the, uh, the term of that constitutional officer? Mr. Myers? Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the intent, and we were also, we sketched things out a little bit. Uh, the intent was to provide some flexibility. These are things we would discuss, of course, with the inspector general to perhaps extend it uh, to independent constitutional officers if there is an interlocal agreement and for the duration of that interlocal agreement because there are uh, costs and other issues. Uh, I have not analyzed whether that's something we could just impose. Uh, the voters did list, and it's 11.08 of the charter, it says the sheriff, property appraiser, supervisor of elections, and clerk of court are elected officials subject to the Broward County Code of Ethics at, at times, there's been some questioning even of, as to Gabas as to whether that could even be done. Uh, people have questioned by charter. But this is something that we can explore uh, if there is an interlocal agreement, meaning that those independent constitutional offices would want to be subject to this jurisdiction. Uh, that's something that we may be able to come up with language that's broad enough to capture and empower the inspector general if the inspector general also is inclined to, to do it. Uh, that, that addresses my Thank inquiry. Thank you. Vice Mayor? Yeah, I, I just wanted to respond a little bit to what uh, uh, Commissioner Hazel, <laughs> Commissioner Rogers, she's left the dais right now. But we do, I just, I want to make sure that people know that we do work well with the school, with the school district, whether it's the school board or whether it's administrative staff or, 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 or other staff. Uh, because, for instance, as an example, our homeless management information system, we worked for several years to get this accomplished where we now have a, 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 uh, an agreement with the school board that, uh, and it's been done all over the country, there was some issues about, about uh, HIPAA and, and FERPA violations, but they do not hold up. And we, we are able to now put into our information, homeless management information system, the children and families that are uh, deemed to be homeless in the school district. So now we're able to look at it and provide services through uh, through the county, uh, which the school board does not have, those affordable housing, for instance, and, and, uh, and other services that uh, are needed by the, 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 uh, the, the, the uh, people that are, have been documented to be homeless. The other one is the um, behavioral health, uh, our behavioral health. I just want to make sure that there's an understanding that we're, we're not, we're, that nobody's in isolation here. We are working together. There is an incredible counseling program, Behavioral Health Now, where the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition and the providers that, that, that are funded by the BBHC uh, are now working with, uh, with uh, clients uh, in the school district. So we're, we're, you know, wherever there is a problem that pops up and we learn about it, we work very closely, our administration and the school board's administration, whoever the superintendent is, whoever the school board is, you know, it's all on behalf of the, of the children and trying to better the environment for their learning. Okay, is there any further discussion? Yes, Senator Geller? <laughs> We're going to, it, there's really no need to move, let's just move it anyway, just to have the consensus there. Okay, it's moved in by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, motion carries 8-0 at this particular time. Okay, we're moving on to our second time certain item. That's item number 62. Item 62, motion A is a motion to discuss inclusion of a statement in the 2024 legislative and executive state program in, ex in support of changing Florida law to allow local governments use portions of 
to use portions of tourist development tax funding for affordable housing. Motion B is a motion to approve Broward County Board of County Commissioners 2024 Legislative and Executive State Program and to authorize staff to make any necessary technical or typographical changes. There are seven members of the public signed up to speak, starting with Dan Lindblade. Very good. We'll begin with our public, Mr. Lindblade. Please come forward. Be two minutes each, since we have the um, multiple speakers. Mayor, Mr. Lindblade, can, can, yes. I, can I ask you a question? question on this? Um, doesn't show who's bringing this. It's the <coughs> Is this county admin that's bringing this? Yes, and if yes. you'd like, I can. <coughs> You want to briefly, introduce? Yeah, if it's okay. Thank Go you ahead. very much, and thank you uh, My for the question. That's okay. So, um, so I wanted to put this into context for you. This every year, um, commissioners, we bring forward to you the state um, proposed program based on the feedback that we've received from the board uh, for inclusion in the legislative packet that we will be taking to Tallahassee during session this year. So that is what motion B is, and I believe um, you've had an opportunity to, to meet or speak with um, uh, Marty Cassini and, and our team there in Intergovernmental Affairs to discuss any issues of significance and importance that you would like to be, have included. As part of the August 29th um, budget workshop on TDT, there was um, some discussion briefly on whether or not that there's some discussions at the state level, potentially, to expand the uses, available uses of TDT revenue um, to include things such as affordable housing um, instead of just the standard um, provisions in state law currently. So um, at that discussion during the budget workshop, um, since there was a little bit of discussion, it was not necessarily the proper forum for that discussion. I suggested it come back to you all during this discussion um, and you all concurred and asked me to bring back um, a motion statement as part of this discussion to have this discussion just to see if the will of the board is to either include it or not or have some other statement related to the use of TDT revenues. And that's where Very we are. Very good. Mr. Lindblade. Morning, Mayor. Good morning. Vice Mayor, Commissioners, County Administrator, good to see you. Dan Limblade, uh, President and CEO of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. I'm here uh, to speak on behalf of our organization, a uh, thousand companies representing about 375,000 employees throughout Broward County in South Florida. We've had a position as it relates to the tourist development tax for a long time that it should focus entirely on marketing the destination. We're one of the greatest tourist destinations in the state of Florida, in the country for that matter. Uh, Ms. Ritter, President Ritter, has been doing a great job with her team and really marketing outside of uh, Broward County, throughout the United States, throughout uh, internationally as well. And we want that money to continue to focus on that uh, marketing of the destination. As it relates to affordable housing, we support that too. I'm a housing commissioner for the uh, City of Fort Lauderdale Housing Commission. I've been on that for nine years now. We're always working to find land to uh, put housing um, up in Broward County to redo some of our older housing. Commissioner McKenzie, you know the work that we've done. I've talked to you about that uh, with the City of Fort Lauderdale when you were there. Um, and we know that when the CRAs have, are sunsetting, that money is going to transfer in, or at least your intent was that that money would transfer into your, your housing trust fund. We supported 
the administration, previous administration, in uh, putting in uh, 50 plus million dollars into backstopping uh, gap financing for affordable housing as well. So we're not against affordable housing at all, but we want this money to stay focused on what its intent is, and that's to market the destination. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Blade. Next speaker. Our next speaker is Walter Duke, followed by Ina Lee. Mr. Duke, how are you, sir? Mayor, real good, thank you. Vice Mayor, Commission, Administrator, thank you, first of all, for your service. You know we appreciate it greatly. Um, so as you know, the whole um, reason we've made progress here in Broward County uh, because we focused on bipartisan solutions uh, that were embraced by all, particularly when it comes to affordable housing. Um, so this item today may not be one of those tools that we use, and uh, therefore maybe that's not something that we should be encouraging at this time. So I'm not certainly not here opposing this. I'm just saying that it doesn't seem like this is the right tool, listening to my tourist friends. However, according to the GVB, um, if you go to the website, uh, between now and 2030, there's about 8,000 hotel rooms planned in this county, which is great. Right, that's what we want. We want rooms, we want heads and beds. Um, according to my good friend Heiko Doberkow, um, each one of those rooms will require an employee. Um, so about 8,000 employees will be needed by 2030 for the host, for the hotel, to service these hotels. Dr. Murray from FIU will tell you that about 50% of our workforce in this county, our service industry workforce, lives at a 60% AMI. So that's about $50,000 a year in income. The question is, where are these 4,000 employees going to live? And that's something that we're all working on collectively. County Finance Director, Housing Director Ralph Stone reports that the typical subsidy for one housing unit for a 60% AMI is about $50,000. So if there's demand for 4,000 affordable units in the next seven years, created by the development of 8,000 hotel rooms over the next seven years, we need $200 million in gap funding to fund those laborers that are going to work in those hotels. Broward County Commission, to your credit, one of the leading commissions in the state of Florida, has invested over $100 million in the last three years. And I applaud you for that. We all applaud you for that. Over $400 million in bonds, producing, I'm almost done, producing almost 5,000 units. Senator Geller pointed out, though, that it's not your sole responsibility to solve this issue, which is a big issue. It's the top business issue in the county. The fact is, is that we all need to be at the table. Uh, currently, ahead, many Mr. stakeholders Duke, in up, are at the table. The hotels, excuse me, the education industry, the, the health care industry. So while today's item may not be the best, item, best path forward for this, I, I do welcome the tourism industry to have a seat at this table and discuss how we can collaborate moving forward to find Thank affordable housing for these 4,000 employees that we're expecting the next time. Perfect, Mr. Thank Duke. Time. Thank you so much. Next speaker. Next up is Ina Lee, followed by Robert Kessler. Ms. Ina Lee, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, Honorable Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, I'm Ina Lee, and I have been working for the tourism industry for over 43 years, serving on many boards as well as Vice Chair of your Marketing Advisory Committee, Vice Chair of the Tourism Coalition on the Federal Reserve Board of Atlanta, et cetera, I could go on. So first of all, I commend the work that you're doing on affordable housing. Clearly, that's a need, but there's also a need for an aviation, marine, medical, pretty much every major industry, including lawyers right now. 
So the TDT is not intended for that. It's intended, as Dan said, to market our destination and the state's destination. Over the years, there have been many attempts to divert these funds for other uses, no matter how worthwhile, and the industry has always fought against using those monies for anything other than marketing tourism. So in our own destination, the funds are used to promote not only our industry, but also we've seen fluctuations. Just remember the pandemic, 9-11, major hurricanes. Those funds are not guaranteed and they fluctuate. In Broward County, they're used for the convention center operations, debt service, other convention center expenses to the tune of $48.4 million in your 24 budget. The main source of beach renourishment comes out of TDT. Also, $1.8 million in arts funding comes out of TDT. Also, the arena monies come out of TDT. I could go on and on for all those uses. You know what they are. So bottom line, we need those monies to market our destination because we're flat right now, and those tens are continuing down. Your own budget office said when they presented to the Tourist Development Council that the, there's a challenge to those TDT dollars, including increased beach renourishment, the expansions, expansions in our debt service of $29 million per year until 2051, future potential parking structure related improvements and debt obligations. And what would happen if a major five hurricane came in here, folks? How do yes. we recover? Those funds would be dramatically impacted. I could go on and on. Thank I you, thought Ms. I had Lee. three minutes, but I have two. Thank Bottom you. line, the industry is imploring you not yes. to divert those funds. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Next speaker. Robert Kieslow, followed by Heiko Dobrokrow. Mr. Kiesler. good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Vice Mayor. Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, Robert Kiesler, Consultant and Task Force General Manager for Winslow and Fisher, also co-chair of the Broward County Tourism Coalition. Uh, the use of TDT, TDT funds are specific to drive business into this community. There are 7,617 7, new hotel rooms coming in into this, this county. The county took a broad step yesterday in putting a shovel in the ground for new Terminal 5 at the airport. All of this requires the promotion of our destination. All of this requires for us to remain steadfast. If the laws of the state can be changed to use TDT funding for, God bless you, affordable housing, it can be changed to put up stoplights at the nearest uh, town uh, with, within this area. So I implore you and ask you, please do not change this law. In fact, I would recommend to the county commission that you reverse this and that you would put on your legislative agenda the use not to change this law, to keep the uh, tourism development tax dollars for tourism development. Life, the tourism is lifeblood of this community, and I thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kiesler. Heiko Dobrokrau, followed by Rosetta Mahbubi. Good morning, Heiko. Wonderful, good morning. Good morning, uh, Broward Mayor, Broward Commissioners, Broward Administrator and Fellow Hotel Asset Leaders is a new title for you. And I actually mean this. Uh, you've heard right. You are Fellow Hotel Asset Leaders. You're currently building a world-class convention center hotel and an amazing expanding facility. 
but I will get to that in a moment. You know, really, what it's all about is um, that we need to protect the TDT as it is and what it's intended for. So why is it important today in protecting the tourist development tax for Broward County? And allow me to give you one billion reasons. The Broward County Convention Center Hotel and Convention Center Expansion. Uh, in a couple of years, your iconic Omni will open under the amazing Visit Lauderdale team with the leadership of Stacy Ritter, who have successfully already engaged a lot of citywide conventions and a diverse portfolio of conventions coming to this marketplace, and we need to fill that space. The only way for them to continue being successful is to have funds uh, to go through the TDT and to do so. Other than the Omni, we have currently 51 new properties coming to Broward County, which, is, uh, e which equates to 6,870 new rooms. I guarantee you that those investors also are uh, relying on the TDT, that this market is going to be market properly. We've already heard that we're using portions of the TDT for the arena dead. We're using it for the reserve, for future reserves and beach renourishment. So, as I'm seeing my time is coming to a close, I, I want to ask you to actually uh, support the following mm -hmm. inclusion in the 2024 legislative and executive state program, the protection of the TDT, and not allow any changes to the existing law. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And Rosetta is our final public speaker for this item. Rosetta, good morning. Good morning. Um, as mentioned, my name is Rosita Mahbubi. I am the regional director for Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association. I have been in the tourism industry since since the beginning of, of time, since I moved to Florida. I've also served um, on different committees and places on the state level as well as regional. First of all, thank you all for being such a great place to represent. I represent Broward Chapter and I'm very happy that I'm here because I know you guys get it. You understand tourism, you understand hospitality. I've worked with many of you individually and as a group. Um, as everyone here said, tourism is our number one priority in the state as well as in Broward County. And these dollars have been designated and designed to promote itself. It's kind of like a CRA. If you take the source, there will be no more funding. To change the uses is a huge mistake. FRLA, representing over 12,000 hotels and restaurants and entertainment across the, world, across the state, has always been against, against the use expansion, and we will continue to fight it. We do believe in uh, affordable housing, but I believe fundings need to come from elsewhere. And if we can help you on a state level to accomplish that, I'll be happy to represent Broward County to our state in support of that. But at this point, everything and anything could be connected to tourism, but it doesn't mean that tourism needs to pay for it. We need to keep those separate, and I do request that you change the language, not only removing the expansion of the use, but the opposite. Put in there, be bold, and be different on a state level. Support these tourism dollars for us and for the rest of the state so we can all be successful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Rosetta. Does that conclude our public portion? Uh, we had one 
that inadvertently signed up Mr. as Bocciolo, a question. Mr. he said only. questions only, but he can yes. he can come up anytime he wishes. Sorry about that. I apologize. <laughs> mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, Administrators, thank you again for all your service and, and what you do for our community. Uh, I am a local restaurateur. I am also the chair of the MAC committee, chair of the co-chair of the tourist development. Uh, uh, I'm on the TDT as well as with the uh, uh, Broward Workshop Tourism Committee. Again, the intent of this tax was made to support and promote our destination. I want to really focus on what Heiko had to say in regards to our convention hotel. This is a monumental lift that took us many, many years to get here. I see no reason why we should handicap its success at this point or ever. We, you guys are now hoteliers. We have to focus on that. We are on the verge of making this a world-class destination, and I think hindering our our revenue to do that and our ability to promote this destination is a big mistake. Once we open this door, this door will remain open and we'll, people will continue to try to get after these funds. So I encourage you not to do this and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pacillo. Does that conclude us, Kyle? Yes. Very good. So we're going to open up for commission discussion. I have Senator Geller first. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Okay. Um, I chair at the Florida Association of Counties the Community and Urban Affairs Committee where this exact item has come up. Uh, and I vehemently opposed it at the FAC and will again be opposing it today. I think it's a bad idea for multiple reasons. Um, one of the arguments that we have repeatedly heard is that the hotel workers need, uh, many of them can't afford housing and they need help, which is absolutely accurate. Everybody knows how much this county has contributed. The county commission has contributed towards affordable housing. But for those people that are saying this is going to go to the hotel workers, it's not. It's affordable housing in general. There is no way of tying this to the hotel workers. So that is a false argument because it's probably not going to, towards those people. Um, we all know, we have spoken here many, many times about how horrible the Florida legislature was by stealing the Sadowski money that, you know, I was in the legislature when we passed and they said it's only going for this thing. And we've complained when the legislature tried and successfully diverted that money but now we're about, well, there's a motion to try it and do the same thing here, which is divert the money from what it was originally passed for. And we've objected when the legislature's done it, we shouldn't do it either. This tax was passed at the state level with the support of the FLRA, although at the time it was had a different name, it was just the, I believe, the hotel and restaurant uh, HRA or whatever it was, but I'm aware 20 years in the legislature of the clout that they have. This would not have passed over their objections. They supported it, and I think that we are breaking faith if we, if a group says, yes, we want to be taxed so that this money can go towards this specific purpose, and then we try and divert that to another money, if we're going to do that, we should, A, we probably should repeal the tax if, the, if we're changing what it was passed for, 
But whether we decide to do this or not, at a certain point in time, the hoteliers and the FLRA will go to the legislature and ask that this be repealed if it's going for things other than what it was intended for. The, I mean, do we need money for affordable housing? Absolutely. Do we need money for mental health? Absolutely. Do we need money for parks and libraries and roads and so many other things? Absolutely. But the way of funding them should not be from a tax that was voluntarily imposed on the hotel industry with the support of the hotel industry. Um, I would also want to bring up, as has already been brought up, the issue pertaining to the convention hotel and the convention center. We have pledged very substantial amount of our money for that. I am very pleased that we have spent money supporting things that will bring tourism, whether it's the arenas, whether it's the cultural arts. But the affordable housing is, for me, a bridge too far. Um, and at, uh, Mr. Mayor, if I can ask county attorney question. County attorney, I agree with the speakers. I have fought against this at the state level. I would like to amend it uh, to say that we are in opposition to uh, making this change at the state level. How would I do, what motion would I do, or how would I do that, sir? Mr. Myers. So, uh, Port, Port B of the item, Senator, is the motion to approve the actual uh, program. Uh, so any amendments uh, to the program as it's printed in the agenda uh, could be made as part of uh, an amended motion statement on Part B. So under Part A, is Part A the motion to uh, support? That's, that's just discussing. A to Part discuss. A is, okay. is the motion to, just what you're doing motion now, discussing discuss. this one issue. Part B is the comprehensive program, and uh, that could be amended by putting in any sort of statement that the board wishes to make okay. on part A. Well, I, I, Mr. Mayor, I would like to make a motion. I don't know if I'll get a second, but I would like to make a motion saying that Broward County opposes altering the, uh, the TDT to permit use for affordable housing, as has been discussed in, in other forums. Is there a second to that motion? Second. I got seconds by Commissioner Rogers. Okay, we're discussing the amendment at this particular time, okay? So we'll continue on. You finished, uh, Senator? Yes, Mr. Mayor, okay. thank you. I'm going to go now to Vice Mayor, followed by Commissioner Bogan. So I'm going to be in the minority here, distinctly, and not because I, I, I think that we should change the law, but I want, to, I want to just go back to some of the statements that have been made, and Walter... Duke's statement, which is absolutely true. Ralph Stone is in the audience. He can validate this. The rational, the, the rational nexus study that when you build these kinds of hotel rooms um, and you add to the need for affordable housing, you, you add to the need for affordable housing. And I guess, you know, we are a great tourist destination, um, but we need to have employees. And for anybody to think that we are going to be able to find housing for all of these employees who are coming in with all of these hotel rooms that are going to be built is, you know, it's just not reality. So 
I don't, I don't, I don't say that it has to be from the tourist development tax, although I think everything's kind of open at this point. But what I think is that the tourism uh, folks, everyone that came up here, has to be a part of the solution. And I spoke to Stacy about this one day, about the, about the tourist industry being a part of this. And they are not at this point. Yes, the Alliance and the workshop works on some of these things. But there is no orchestrated uh, evidence to me that the, tour, that the tourism uh, uh, industry is really focused on this. And they are creating a large part of the problem. No matter what anybody says, once you have 8,000 more hotel rooms and you have more restaurants and you have more employees and you have additional people coming in through the airport and our seaport is expanding, I see Mr. Daniels in the back. So, you know, we have the tremendous need and the county can't fund it on the existing dollars that we have. We, as was mentioned by several of you, uh, who came to speak. We are putting in a significant amount of money that we never put in before. When I joined this commission in 2016, I asked my friend Mr. Stone back there, we were putting $250,000 in for affordable housing. We're now putting in additional 20 million this year and we're over 100 million already. But we there are lots of needs. But my, my point is that we have got to figure out a way for the tourism industry and the people that are helping to create the problem to help solve the problem. And I think that, you know, it's, it's worth further discussion with us uh, at, a, at another point maybe, but uh, uh, this, this idea that everyone needs to be at the table, everyone needs to contribute to, to solving this problem. And I, I'm, I'm not so sure, by the way, that it's a great thing to do this amendment because it might even call, call more attention up in Tallahassee to the fact that nobody has bothered to touch this fund uh, or this tax at, 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 at any point yet. So I'm not sure that that's the best way. I think it, if, if we're not going to do anything, I think we should just leave it alone. But that's my opinion. But again, I mean, it, it just tourism needs to be a partner. We handicap, I believe, our, our new convention center uh, and, and, uh, and on all these other hotels by not figuring out a way to provide more affordable housing. And it can go because those people that are working in the hotels are actually, economically, they fit right into the category of affordable housing. So there's no reason why those people can't be participating as well as anybody else who fits into that uh, annual median income, which was mentioned earlier. So which really fits most of the employees that you're talking about that work in the hotels and restaurants and other places every day. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Commissioner Bogan, followed by Commissioner Dean. You know, I applaud uh, Commissioner Rich on your uh, zeal and passion for affordable housing. There's a big need for it. But as you just said, Commissioner, there's a big need for a lot of things. And um, what we're doing on the heart project, you just mentioned the breast cancer, there's big needs for everything. Um, and, um, but our tourism is vitally important to this county. It's vitally important to our 31 cities. And um, while I would love to get more money on the health project, and I'd love to help get more money on affordable housing, I think we need to leave each bucket alone. Everybody has a purpose, everything has a need, and um, our uh, tourism and what these people came up to talk about is so absolutely true. And so um, I, uh, I, I support leaving the money for our tourism because that's where we need we need that money for the poor tourism. 
I certainly will support afford money for affordable housing from our general budget, uh, as I have done, and uh, and so I think that we uh, need to move forward and leave the money where it belongs. Thank you, Commissioner Dean. Um, I support keeping the dollars in with the tourism tax for tourism, and I I, I actually disagree with the premise that's being brought up uh, that the the, the tourism restaurant workers and, and travel and industry workers are making this more of a problem than it is. I, I think they're actually helping with the problem by providing good high paying jobs throughout the industry that is leading and could lead to higher wages. The way I look at this, I want um, Petrillo's restaurants to be so busy that he can't hire people so that he has to bump his salary up by a little bit, so then the other employers in the area have to match that by going up. I don't believe we solve affordable housing by gap financing our way out of it. I know it's a minority opinion up here. I'm okay with being in the minority up here. There's another element to affordable housing, and the other element is getting these wages higher. So. I hope Petrillo can't find employees for his place. And I hope he has to raise his prices high enough so that Heiko then has to raise his prices at his hotel because he wants a higher level of service. And then because both of them have to do that, Monica has to raise our employees' prices that drive our buses, that, that clean our, ho our, our airports, that do the whole thing. And I think that that's the way to solve affordable housing rather than taking hundreds of millions of dollars and throwing it in a pool that leads to so few units that it doesn't make a dent in our affordable housing problem. But I'm in the minority up here, but I'm not supporting raiding the tourism bucket. I would support the amendment as far as um, um, saying not to touch these dollars, but usually if we support it in Broward, they probably do what we don't want. So. I, I'm, I'm six one half dozen the other, but I don't believe in touching those month, those dollars. And I look forward to Heiko and Petrillo and everybody coming before us and saying, we can't get employees so I can say to them, then pay them more. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Dean. Commissioner McKenzie, followed by Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner McKenzie. Uh, I'm kind of confused. <clears throat> um, again, you all know from my past history, especially the folks that came up and called call my name, I'm not a big resolution guy, especially when it, it's the state doing something and we're not doing it. So to me, it's like philosophical. Um, and I agree. I mean, we've seen pots of money, buckets of money uh, that was earmarked for certain things um, being raided when your backs are turned. And again, it's other folks. I don't think it's the folks here. So I don't want to see the, the, uh, the raiding of a bucket, but uh, all of you said something, and you're, you're all personal friends of mine. Um, when you sit and say you want to do something about affordable housing, but you don't want to do something about affordable housing. Um, I'm not going to touch your money, but I want to know what you're going to do to help with affordable housing, because I worked in Fort Lauderdale for nine years, and we talked about affordable housing until we were blue in the faces, and we never really, really, really did anything, especially when it comes to the Barrier Island and downtown. It's just like, that's not a place for it. But um, we have issues, huge issues. Um, I think you should be present when we're looking for these other funds or, 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 or talking to our friends in Tallahassee or, or, or DC to help really make an impact on affordable housing. I think 
this day is. Uh, we're serious about it, but the, the lack of funds, and as the, um, um, Senator Rich always says, um, we're, we're not growing any more land. No, we're, we're running out of land, but we tear things down all the time for these fancy restaurants, for these hotels uh, to rebuild, but we're not rebuilding affordable housing when we do this. So help us. Uh, um, we're not going to raise you. I'm not going to raise you today, um, but uh, help us with affordable housing. Let's, let's be realistic about it. I mean, there was a proposal once put on, on the floor for the city of Fort Lauderdale's parking garage. And probably all of you had something to say uh, um, about that, but from my understanding, it never materialized, but that's an empty garage sitting over there. Uh, one time we wanted to, um, to, to make it a retail space, and all of you guys participated in that. So, I mean, we have uh, opportunities, but uh, oftentimes we don't want it in our backyard. So, Tim, Duke, Millich, all you guys, we need to really drill down on this, on this affordable housing thing, uh, and, and I don't think we're going to touch touch your money today, but if the votes go that way, uh, we'll at least send some philosophical amendment somewhere uh, to do this, but um, pockets of money earmarked for, for, for what they're intended to do should stay where they are. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan, followed by Commissioner Furr. The first part of the, uh, the decision, the analysis on um, affordable housing and the use of the TDT money for affordable housing uses, you know, is something that, you know, in my estimation, you bring it first before the, um, the TDC, that they discuss it, they give, uh, you know, an advisory opinion, you know, before we act on it. For us, it seems kind of like, you know, rather presumptuous of us to, on our own, just go forward and say, you know, we want to enact this affordable housing policy, and, uh, you know, we're taking, uh, from a funding source that has, you know, a lot of pressures on it currently. And, uh, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the definition of what is a, uh, you know, eligible uh, expense, whether it's for uh, advertising services, uh, capital expenditures, construction of, you know, auditoriums and the rest of it, um, you know, that's, that, that's something that, um, you know, can go to, uh, I think, an extreme and, uh, you know, I recall, you know, some municipalities that petitioned the county to divert uh, TDT money over for, you know, <clears throat> some, you know, small expansion of their, uh, you know, recreation centers and things like that. And it really does, you know, push the envelope and, uh, um, you know, for every dollar that you know, is used for those purposes, it's one less dollar that, that can be used for real marketing. And um, that's the first point. The second point is, and I, and I like what uh, Commissioner McKenzie said, so if not, if not now, when and, uh, and where? You know, everybody doesn't want to have uh, affordable housing on the barrier islands, downtown, in the wealthy areas, and the rest of it. But... Um, you know, you, you have affordable housing in some of the wealthiest areas, you know, in other metropolitan areas, and that's part of what I consider to be the fabric of what really does, you know, lead to the maturing and development of a real metropolitan area. Obviously, you want to have your integrated uh, uh, transportation system and, you know, to be able to provide all those services in a condensed area. Um, you know, that, that's one point, but being able to have you know, some folks that can live close to work, 
you know, is a very important uh, component. And, you know, like one of the last projects we did, um, when we went ahead and um, acquired that land over there on, uh, what is it, Andrews and Sistro, and, uh, you know, it was the county that um, took title to that property, and then it was the county that sponsored the proposal to bring in um, uh, a developer, affordable housing developer, and... Um, I think, uh, I'm looking out there, I think it's one of uh, Dennis Bailey's clients. Um, and um, you know, they, they got an appropriate subsidy and then they went ahead and uh, you know, they had affordable housing uh, you know, for those apartments. And it's a, that's something that's closer to the downtown area, which you know, is what we want to, um, to promote, what we want to achieve. So you know, hopefully we can go in that direction uh, I'm with what I think is going to be the majority that um, we should not um, attempt to uh, amend the statute to allow for this further use. But at the same time, I would not recommend that we put together some type of a, uh, you know, a resolution that we promote, you know, leaving it the way it is now. Because anytime you bring up an idea like that to Tallahassee, there's, they're going to think, if Broward County is sponsored it, there's got to be something wrong with it. So I, uh, I wouldn't recommend that we, um, we have such a proposal. We just leave it alone. Okay. Commissioner Furr, followed by Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mayor. Um, first of all, I, I, I appreciate, I know, Nan, this had to come from you a little bit somewhere. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure. I don't know for Let's sure. Let's just put it out there, Commissioner. Yeah, but I, I just got that this feeling. This did not come. Sorry, I just want to let everybody out there know this did not come from me. Okay. okay. okay? Uh, the idea that everyone should participate came from me. But uh, I appreciate the focus. Huh? Because I think, I think that kind of, that kind of single-minded focus is needed to be able to find monies for affordable housing. And, and, and I think the commission and our, and our um, community has benefited from that kind of focus. Um, that said, I, I, won't, I won't be supporting this. Um, because I, for all the reasons that have been said, I don't need to, to go over into what everybody's already talked about. But the fact is we are, in the, we are about to open a major convention center. And I think we should be doing everything we can to make sure that we, are, that we get out of the gate very successful. And that means using all the resources we've got. Um, and you only get that one chance. That first impression is, is important. So I think we should be doing everything we can to make sure that it's a good first impression. Um, I appreciate the challenge that's put out to the industry. Um, obviously, those, you know, your employees need a place to live. And, and whatever you can do collectively to help on that, I, I don't know what that is. But I think it should be in the forefront of your mind um, how do you make sure that, you, that you're able to get uh, employees and that they have a place to live? I, I do not support the amendment. I do not think that's a good idea to tie our hands. We don't know what's coming down the road. We don't know um, if at some point it becomes so critical that we have to do this. We don't know if we're going to have resiliency issues that we may need to deal with. We don't know a lot of things. And to tie our hands does not make sense to me at all. And so I urge us not to do that. In addition to what Commissioner Ryan said of throwing a little red flag, you know, uh, yeah, up, you know, uh, and, and uh, you don't need to, you don't need something to shoot at. So I would say, I, I'm, I'm, I would say, let's not do the amendment, leave it alone, and then I'm happy to support 
uh, or, or not support, unfortunately, um, for the affordable housing. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. For Commissioner Rogers, and I'll wind up after that. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, colleagues. I, I'm listening to the conversation, and I'm saying only when we are being challenged do we believe that affordable housing is important or might not be important enough for us to go to Tallahassee and have a conversation, right? I am saying I second the motion that was on the floor for discussion. And I'm going to be asking this commission to have a workshop. I haven't had a workshop, a serious workshop around the affordable housing solutions. Okay, and I'm asking for it. I do it in private, but I'm going to be coming up in December, Commissioner. It's December 5th. We, we okay, I'm saying I, I'm glad that I'm hearing that there's a December 5th workshop around affordable housing and funding solutions. Currently, if you're building a home in anywhere in Broward County, there's a recreation impact fee. If it's commercial or residential, there's an impact fee. Why can't we look to our own source and find whether or not the recreation impact fee is still relevant today? Because we're already built out. And now that we have a new issue, why aren't we looking at things that we're doing that can help us to solve this problem? This hodgepodge way of doing things and not this commission sitting down and talking to even the school board. They have children that are living in cars with their parents and all of this stuff that we're hearing. Why don't we have the two governments that can solve this problem that have current taxing authority if the folks want it? Okay, I'm not, I don't have a solution, but I'm saying I want to hear this commission have a serious discussion around the housing challenges that we have, okay? For every development in Broward County, there's an impact fee, recreation impact fee. Is that still relevant today? Of course, I don't know. For every house that is being foreclosed, can we do something to generate some revenues from those foreclosed properties here in Broward County? Let's have the discussion, because the community is talking, they want to hear us take the lead. So I thank you. That's my comment. And I thank you. And I think Commissioner, Vice, Vice Mayor, I love your passion because I'm equally as passionate as you are around this issue. And but I can't I don't believe in raiding the Sadowski fund, so I'm not gonna be supporting anything like that right. for our tourist development fund. Thank yes, you. and actually, that we'll be hearing from FIU as a course expert about funding, et cetera, come on December the 5th. I have Commissioner, I got Commissioner, I have Commissioner Bogan. I, I'm going to eventually wind up here, but we're going to go to round two now. Commissioner Bogan's going to be very quick. I don't know. <laughs> my tenure, my tenure's about me. done. He likes me. He likes me. You know, if the, Nan, if, if, you, if you brought this up, I respect that. You're a commissioner, you're a policymaker. What, if she didn't bring it up, then what bothers me um, is admin, we make policy decisions, we as elected officials. So if we're not bringing it up, what bothers me is, is admin trying to make policy here? Why is admin bringing this whole topic up if one of our commissioners aren't bringing it up? 
I, I think I, Ms. Sapir actually mentioned that earlier. No, I don't remember. I was at that. Uh, I was at the workshop. I don't remember anybody saying let's use TDD money for 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 affordable housing. I don't remember anybody. Not even you know Commissioner Rich said that at the at the. Uh, at, at that. So can you tell me? Ms. Sapir, um, real quickly. I'm happy to. Thank you for the question. So during the August 29th workshop on TDT, the issue was discussed by you all. And during that conversation, we went back actually even to look at the verbatims to make sure before we brought this item forward. And it was the collective dis, um, agreement by the board, the mayor and the, the body here to say yes, it's appropriate to bring it back when we have the state discussion. So that is why this item is on. Okay, I'm, I'm getting. I guess my age. I just don't remember I'm, I'm bringing happy, this I'm up. I'm happy to share it with I'm you. I'm sorry. So we, we can, can give you the minutes. Okay. Okay. We're going to brown this up. I'm going to ask Senator Geller. You know, the way the discussion is going, maybe you could withdraw your amendment, and we could just vote yes or no on the original. It's up to you. Uh, yes, Ms. Mayor. I, the reason I like saying very quickly, if the, if this wasn't already being discussed. I would agree that we should not bring it up. But since this very issue is being discussed, again, it will come up at the FAC, Florida Association of Counties, legislative meeting. It is on the agenda to come up. And that is the reason that I would like to take a position take against it. Because whether we do or not, it, the issue is still going to come up. And I'd like Broward to come out against it. Well, I'll wind up just very quickly because obviously, again, when you're last, everything is pretty much said, which is a wonderful thing. But we talk about the dollars that are niche, and I just look at a little segment of it with the beach renourishment, obviously being District 4 and, and having the coastal cities here, the TGT dollars go to the beach renourishment, which is hugely important because that always dovetails into our tourism, et cetera. It just kind of falls in line like dominoes. So I would not be in favor of being touching uh, TDT, and I sit on the TDC as well as mayor but so i would not want to support this in any way shape or form now the question is, is as senator Geller talks about the amendment of course is to come up and say that we say no you know we are against or do we just just vote no at the item itself so that's what we're talking about but we're first going to take a vote on the amendment uh, by senator Geller, seconded by commissioner rogers so all in favor of the amendment um just raise your hands. One. Okay. So the amendment fails. So now we're voting on 62B is either a yes or a no. A no, of course, would be not support. Yes would be in support. Just want to make everybody say. Support what? So all of. Our legislature clarified 62B that has no mention at all. Correct. I'll move 62B. Okay. But moved and moved by Commissioner Udine, second by. Vice Mayor. Okay. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 9 0. Confused. Okay. Is that where we wanted to be? You wanted, did you yes. say yes or no? Confused? <laughs> All right. Will you tell me seriously on the vote? Did you want to go yes or no, sir? We just moved our legislative plan without, without the TDC. A little humor, okay? Yeah, come on, relax. You said yes, sir? Guys. Okay, it was 9-0. Okay, very good. We're going to go back now to finish up our consent agenda, item number 48. Item 48 is a motion to approve international travel by a county commissioner to the Netherlands in coordination with the Southeast Florida Transportation Council to attend the Dutch Cycling Embassy Bike Immersion Program. 
We have one public speaker, Chris Nelson. Mr. Nelson, would you come forward, please? All right, hello, Chris Nelson, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I just have some questions about Commissioner Furr's uh, vacation to the Netherlands uh, that I guess the taxpayers are going to be paying for. Uh, I'd just like to know, like, what hotel are you going to be staying in? Is this like a family retreat? Uh, are there going to be expensive meals? Are you going to be partying over there? Because you can party here in Florida. I mean, you know, you can party over there, but, you know, especially thanks to some of uh, Commissioner Mr. Geller's Mr. lobbying hold efforts, on, you can do a lot. Mr. Nelson, please be respectful. Please. Well, well I, I okay. am, I'd like to know uh, what, what is the purpose of this, okay? Because we're talking about affordable housing. You guys are, you, you just... Uh, did not uh, lower the millage rate because we have to pay for police and fire and, and our whole city would burn down if, if uh, we, we lowered the millage rate a couple uh, bit, uh, bits. But then, you know, you, you're building your convention center and your new, new building. Stay, stay and focused. Uh, stay okay, focused on the and all these things. Sir. And then sending commissioners to the Netherlands. Okay, now I, I'm not saying that um, the Dutch cycling embassy bike immersion program isn't expensive, but why can't Commissioner Fur go on his own dime? I mean, there are people right now, we have massive inflation, we have uh, a lot of things and, and people are trying to deal with, uh, we have special assessments, we have a lot of things. And I'd just like to know, uh, before you guys vote on this, uh, what does this trip uh, involve? Uh, will, uh, will the commissioner's whole family be going? What are the hotel expenses? What are the meal expenses? This is important. And what benefit is a trip to Amsterdam for one of the commissioners going to do for me as an American, as a, as a Broward County resident? If, say I'd like to ride bicycles, there's lots of people that like to ride bicycles. I'm sure he'll come back with some very good research on that. But uh, I'd just like to see this justified a little more uh, if we're going to be using tax dollars uh, to be sending uh, commissioners on, uh, on a junket to the Netherlands. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, sir. Any further public comment on this item? I believe not, Kyle. That's correct. Public portion closed. Now we're going to have Commissioner Furr explain Thank you. Uh, the item, okay? Thank you. And it's a good question. I think it's fine to ask those kind of questions. Um, for those who don't know, I represent the, this commission on CEFTEC, which is a combination of the three um, counties, Miami-Dade, Broward County, and Palm Beach, uh, it's Southeast Florida um, Transportation Committee. And what, through that, what we are looking at is a commuter link, commuter rail, going from, at some point, Palm Beach all the way down to Miami. There are a number of stations about to be um, built. In Miami, there's five. Um, here, will, the first two will be Hollywood and something at the airport. After that, there will be many going through other cities that are going to be in Broward County and hopefully all the way up to Jupiter. What the Netherlands does, and unique anywhere in the world, is they have actually parking garages that connect with their commuter rail where people actually are able to bring their bicycles, park it. They have like five-story garages for, for bikes. So what, what I want to do is I want to see, and, I, and this was actually, um, the, the trip was first done by Miami TPO. They were doing it, I'm kind of going with them. Um, the, what they want to do is to see how they are incorporated and how it works and how, how we can do something like that same thing here. Um, is it, you know, I wish they were somewhere closer by to do it, but it's the one place that's doing it. So 
I, I felt like you know we needed to, we needed to be uh, see it firsthand um, because I, I think this commuter rail is one of the best things that's going to happen for transportation for people for people that need to you know for reducing congestion increasing mobility all those kind of things so that's that's one thank, thank you commissioner for commissioner Ryan you know some of these items that are pulled um, you know you wonder what really the, the logic is but on this one actually it does bring up a good point and uh, at the uh, MPO and at the uh, SFRTA um, you know South Florida Regional Transportation Authority we've had a lot of discussions about first mile last mile and uh, we are actually looking at a pilot project to uh, promote uh, the use of bicycles for a first mile, last mile, you know, uh, movement to get folks to the train station. And uh, now anything that we can do to integrate, uh, you know, transportation uh, by bicycle as opposed to, you know, everybody being in cars, you know, will be good for the entire community. One of the major, uh, you know, aspects to consider is, is safety. And, you know, South Florida drivers are notoriously, you know, inattentive, and it presents a lot of dangers on the roadway. So looking at some of the uh, European models of how they get around, you know, and, uh, you know, can coexist with the automobiles over there, um, you know, I think is going to be beneficial. We may come through with some, some insights that we could integrate into our, you know, MPO plans, and uh, I certainly think there's value added. Now, I'm not going to say anything about golf courses, and, you know, I don't even know if there's a golf course in the Netherlands. So, but I, I do know that, um, you know, that um, Commissioner Furr will be very attentive and is going to bring back a lot of data and a lot of information that will be helpful for us in Broward County. So I fully support it. All right. Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, I, I can support this item, except uh, I don't know if you've been to Amsterdam before. I've been there many times, and I cannot I cannot support any expenses that in any of the coffee shops they have there because they don't serve coffee. They like to serve the weed over there. So I want to make sure. Second, I want to make sure that even though it's legal, you're not going to be around that red light district uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, then I can support the item. I, th I think commission. Uh, I think Commissioner Fur is. An outstanding individual to be able to go on this trip. So, I don't think there's any further discussion. It's been moved by Commissioner Bogan, second, seconded by Commissioner Ryan. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries. Eight zero. Eight zero. Now we are now on our public hearings. Item 49 through 54 are our public hearings. Call item 49. The public hearing on item 49 is now open. Item 49 is a motion to enact ordinance adopting a small-scale amendment to the county land use plan map. PC 23-4 in the city of Parkland. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion not closed. Commission discussion. Moved by Commissioner Udine. Second by Senator Geller. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number 50. Public hearing Nine on zero, zero, excuse me. Eight zero. The public hearing on item 50 is now open. Item 50 is a motion to adopt resolution transmitting to designated state agencies county land use plan text amendment PCT 23-3 adding policy 2.16.5 regarding community permitted uses. Permitted uses. No member of the public has signed up to speak. So public portion closed. Commission discussion. I understand Senator Geller and County Council are holding hands, which is a wonderful thing. Senator Geller moves it. Second, Second. Seconded by Commissioner Furr for discussion. 
All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item 51. Public hearing on item 51 is now open. Item 51 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate and annul a portion of a 25-foot-wide right-of-way lying adjacent to lots 1 through 6 and lot 29, block 10 of first edition Oakland Park Platte, recorded in Platte Book 2, page 38, in the city of Oakland Park. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion closed. Any commission discussion? It's moved by Senator Geller, seconded by Commissioner Udine. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0, item 52. The public hearing on item 52 is now open. Item 52 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate and annul a portion of a 10-foot-wide utility easement lying within Parcel A of Pompano Park, Racino Platte, recorded in Platte Book 181, page 22, in the city of Pompano Beach. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion closed. Move it. Discussion. Moved yeah. by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Thank you. Item number 53. The public hearing on item 53 is now open. Item 53 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to impact fee agreement subordinations, amending section 27.209 of the County Administrative Code, authorizing the County Administrator to execute impact fee agreement subordinations. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion now closed. Commission discussion? Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Bogan. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item number 54, our last public hearing. The public hearing on item 54 is now open. Our final public hearing item is item 54, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the standards and procedures for the sale of unbuildable parcels of real property belonging to the county, amending section 1-4 of the county code of ordinances. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion now closed. Move it. Discussion. Mr. Bogan moves this second by Senator Keller. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Post. Motion carries 8-0. That concludes our public hearing. We're back on a regular agenda, item number 55. Item 55 is a motion to ratify action taken by the county administrator on, on August 21st, 2023, on behalf of Broward County and through delegation granted by the Board of County Commissioners on June 13th, 2023, to award open-end contract between Broward County and JRB Services of SFL LLC for window cleaning services at Fort, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport and ancillary buildings for the Broward County Aviation Department. No member of the public has signed up to speak. No speakers, commission discussion? Move it. Okay, Commissioner, so, Senator Geller moves it, seconded by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries 8-0. Item 56. Mayor, can yes. I, on item 56, I need to abstain. Yes, sir. So I'm gonna, abstain. item Go, 56 involves American Heritage Life. It's a subsidiary of Allstate. On the uh, I have a conflict. My law firm represents Allstate in some legal matters. It could financially benefit. I'm going to ask some minutes to reflect, and I'm leaving, and I'll file the form. You don't go too far. Any further commission discussion? Is there a motion? Moved by Commissioner first, second oh. by Vice Mayor. Any further discussion? We have. I think oh, we, we have, have a speaker? I'm sorry. We have five speakers for this item. <laughs> I didn't read it yet. You want me to read it? Yes. Okay. I, I was just kind of cruising on, wasn't I? I apologize, <laughs> speakers, please. If it's just going so smoothly. Mo for item read 50 the item, Kyle. I know, but I was, you know, looking for that 1230. Go ahead, Kyle. Item 56, motion A is a motion to reject all proposals for supplemental insurance products. Motion B is a motion to authorize County Administrator to execute a ninth agreement to a ninth amendment to agreement between Broward County and American Heritage Life Insurance Company for personal income protection plans 
for Broward County employees for voluntary employee prepaid insurance products intending extending the term of the agreement for one year with no change in design plans or premium rates. There are five members of the pu public signed up to speak. The first one is Carmen Miller. Ms. Miller, thank you. Please come forward. Good afternoon, Mayor Ms. Miller, Fisher, I'm so sorry. It's now afternoon. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. Um, and esteemed members of the commission. My name is Carmen Miller, and as I stand before you today, I wear two hats. Not only as a representative of McKinley Financial Services, Inc., but also as a dedicated board, board member of the Lighthouse of Broward for the Blind. The Lighthouse has been a beacon of hope, guidance, and empowerment for half a century now, and I'm in, immensely proud to be part of the illustrious journey. As we prepare for the 50th anniversary next month, I want to express my deepest appreciation for the commission issuing a proclamation recognizing the Lighthouse's commitment to Broward County. Together, we have the power to create a brighter, more inclusive future for every resident of Broward County. My other hat is that I am the proud owner of McKinley Financial Services. For over three decades, McKinley has had the honor of serving the resilient communities of Broward County. McKinley is one of, one of if not the oldest, minority-owned businesses founded and located right here in Broward County. I am heartened by the Commission's unwavering commitment to ensure an inclusive and diverse business ecosystem in Broward County. Regarding agenda item number 56, I would request the Commission to not reject the awarded proposal put forth by Colonial Life Insurance to provide voluntary insurance products to Broward County employees. Although no goals were set due to the fact that this is an employee paid and there is no contribution from the county government, Colonial Life chose to work with a partner here in Broward County, a small business, McKinley Financial Services, while providing improved benefits to the employees of Broward County. So I thank you for your time, consideration, and all that you do for our community. Thank you, Ms. Miller. Next speaker. Our next speaker is Mel Zabolinski, followed by Irene Shulkin. Ms. Zabolinski, is it? Zabolinski. Good morning. If afternoon. you can spell it, you get extra points. I know. I can't do that. <laughs> Good too, afternoon, today. Mayor, Vice Mayor, fellow commissioners. My name is Mel Zabolinski, and I'm the South Florida Territory Manager for Colonial Life right here in Broward County. I am here to address the RFP that was awarded to Colonial Life on August 21st. That same award was later rescinded on September 28th, um, a full 30 plus days later without a protest period being offered to us. Our goal today is to provide factual clarifying information that addresses the reasons why Broward County decided to rescind the original award. On the letter dated September 11, 2023 to the county administrator from the county auditor, under the background section it states the following. The above recommendations are based upon the potential failure of the vendors to provide a full array of comparable products as required by the solicitation and concerns regarding the validity of scoring for pricing. I, as local leadership for Colonial Life, would like to respectfully provide the following clarifying information to be 
um, in the said letter above. And you guys have some packets that I've passed out. In background number two, it states, um, vendors did not propose a full array of desired products that met the solicitation requirements to be comparable or to provide better service than the county's existing plan. Colonial, Colonial Life did in fact quote all products as indicated in the Broward County original request for proposal. You can find that on pages 41 through 66. In addition, the Broward County RFP accident plan summary lists 129 distinct benefits of that Colonial Life offers 27 benefit categories that your incumbent carrier does not offer, which is attached and highlighted. Examples include ER, x-rays, urgent care, air and water ambulance, upper uh, degree burns, paralysis, coma, and various appliances. Additionally, we've um, included some value-added services for the Broward County employees at no direct cost to the county, as well as to the employees. And you'll hear a little bit more about those, which is Calendly, Coffee, and Law Assure. In background number three, both vendors received low scores, which may further in indicate that neither proposer was able to provide the desired combination of experience, services, product design, and pricing that the county was seeking. From a possible 300 points for the solicitation, Colonial Life scored 215 points, and the second vendor scored 132.28. Furthermore, there was additional information provided on page 9, section 1.4, item A, which states that Colonial Life is a national leader in the public sector space. We're sitting in the very backyard of our largest client, which is the state of Florida, and it has been a customer of ours for the last 50 years, and we insure 40,000 of their employees. We also have 5,000 to be determined. Just, There's more. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you, you so much. Time. Thank you. Thank you. Next Irene Shulgin, followed by Michael Schlemowitz. Hello. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Assembly Commissioners. I, uh, my name is Irene Shulgin, and I'm an Area Development Manager for Colonial Life. I've been in the insurance industry for over 20 years, and I've sold voluntary benefits exclusively. I know these products, and I believe in them. Our goal was not to match the existing benefits, but to enhance the benefit package that was offered to the employees, to make it richer and more consistent with the times today while keeping the rates in check. We've actually bettered them in our proposal, which is why we felt compelled to appear here today. Your employees get more for their money with Colonial Life, which is why often we find ourselves replacing all state benefits. We pride ourselves in service that we provide to our clients and their employees, a plan administrator hotline, a a designated billing coordinator assigned to each account in our home office. We're local agents who give your employees our business cards with our cell phone numbers on them. Um, when COVID hit, our district started offering pandemic assistance package to the employees. No purchase necessary, all complimentary, no cost to the employer or employees. The package included Law Assure, which allowed employees to create a will, healthcare proxy, and power of attorney, all legal documents, in addition to other virtual and streaming services, which someone else will describe. However, um, 
In the package now, we also include, candidly, a student loan assistance program, which is a hot button issue today. We listen to our clients and their needs and we deliver. We urge you to revisit our proposal, which was employee-driven. Thank you for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Next speaker, as they're coming forward, I think I see Commissioner Martin from the City of Lauderhill in the back. I think it's Michelle Schlemowitz. Commissioner, is that you? Commissioner Martin from Lauderhill? I'm not sure. I thought that was. I thought he was in the back, but I'm not sure. Okay, he looks like Commissioner Martin, doesn't he? <laughs> good, evening, good afternoon, ma'am. Hi, how are you? My, it's all days. It's just one of those days, you know? I see. Blessing, well, well, thank you for being Michelle here. Michelle Schlemowitz. Um, I represent Colonial Life. I'm a district manager for the Southeast region. Um, I'm here to piggyback on everything that uh, everyone else has said about Colonial Life. We feel we're a really good fit for the employees of Broward County. I've been serving Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties for over 50 years, originally having a full-service insurance agency and shifting after 27 years to only voluntary benefits. Colonial Life offers more flexibility than ever to help employees meet and understand their benefits either in person, virtually, or over the phone. We are local agents who pride ourselves in knowing we are working with a company that not only offers extremely competitive products and rates, but offers value-added products at no cost to the employer or employee without expecting the clients to purchase anything in return. Two of those complementary benefits are limited access to our knowledge of financial education, which is a self-service subscription to a financial education website, including a toll-free number to highly trained senior certified credit counselors, plus online tools with 100 plus videos and books with budgeting tools and more. By offering this to your employees, they know you care about their financial well-being. The second complimentary benefit is our well card saving benefit. This gives employees and their families discounts on dental, vision, pharmacies, a streaming bundle for Disney, ESPN, and Hulu, movie tickets, car rentals, Disney, Universal, there's many, many more. With this being said, I'm humbly asking you to reconsider Colonial Life, as I feel we successfully answered the bid, scoring a high score of 215, well above any competitors. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. And our last speaker is Johnny Castro. Good afternoon, Good Mayor. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Vice Mayor, fellow members of the, uh, of the board. Uh, my name is Johnny Castro. I'm the Regional Broker Manager for Colonial Life for the South Florida Territory. I will be continuing the letter that has been provided to you that started to be read by Ms. <coughs> Lobinski. I will be picking up on background number four, where the letter, and I quote, states, based upon a review of pricing worksheets, neither vendor bid upon all available products. Further pricing was not offered by either vendor in section of the the pricing worksheet to be used for scoring purposes for the category of group cancer insurance. We would like to clarify that Colonial Life did not complete the pricing worksheet because at the time the pricing worksheet functionality was not working properly so we added an addendum with all of the cancer rates located on page 66 of the information that you've been provided. Colonial Life is competitive in terms of benefits and price. More importantly, we can seamlessly move the business to our carrier, given in group insurance. 
Moving on to background number five, the letter stated, and I quote, ultimately only two vendors were evaluated and for a contract of potential value of over $1 million, increased competition would be preferable. Our clarification is that there were actually five actual total vendors evaluated. It was Continental American, FBL Solutions, Mark III, and the Standard Insurance Company, along with Colonial Life. In addition, the RFP is for employee paid voluntary benefits that has no monetary value or cost directly to the county. Ladies and gentlemen, in summary, based on the clarification of the facts presented today and our team, Colonial Life would like to respectfully request that the Broward County Board of Commissioners reconsider and award Colonial Life's response to the supplementary insurance products because we believe that it will provide both an improvement for your employees' benefits and inclusion of new programs that would have a direct impact to the county's employees' retention and recruitment. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Castro. Yes, we're going to make a motion to extend our meeting until this um, our agenda is completed. Thank second. Thank you. Move to second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Oh, we got uh, seven, zero. Yes, sir. Does that conclude our, our public portion, correct? Yeah. Okay, I'd like to go and have Mr. Melton. I was just going to ask, was going to ask Mr. Mr. Melton to, because uh, I know that he was uh, directly involved in this particular item. So, Mr. Melton, would you please explain? Uh, yes, I would be glad to, but I believe the county administrator wanted to speak first. Thank you, Mr. Melton. I just wanted to uh, make sure that there were a couple of um, areas that needed to be clarified from some of the comments. I was going to ask Mr. Gleason just to make two clarifying points and then Mr. Melton. Mr. Melton, okay. Mr. Gleason, if you can come to the podium, that would be great. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, two clarifications. I just saw the letter a little while ago. Um, I would note that uh, in the letter, in the bold paragraph in the beginning under purpose, it states that they're here today to address an RFP awarded to Colonial Life. That should not be awarded. It was actually ranked on August 21st. Uh, I'd also like to correct the record with regards to the fact that uh, they assert that there was without a protest period being offered. Uh, in fact, on August 31st, 10 days after the ranking, we sent an email to a Mrs. Elia Owens, Colonial Life RFP consultant, advising them of their objection period and their protest period. So I just want to make that record clear. Thank you, Mr. Gleason. Thank you. Followed by Mr. Melton. Sure. Thank you. Um, when we review RFP, uh, RFPs for ranking, uh, there is no reflection on the companies that are, being, that are proposing. We look at the soundness of the procurement and whether it results in open and fair competition. In this case, there were a number of issues uh, with this RFP process, uh, one being as, as Colonial stated three were thrown out, three proposals were thrown out, but they were thrown out because they did not meet the criteria that was required in the RFP. So we had potentially perfectly good companies that were not ranked, 
because the evaluation committee determined that they did not meet the criteria in the RFP. Had the RFP been better, we more clear, we believe they could have met the criteria resulting in increased competition. Uh, both of the proposers did not, did not price for the plans that we have now in the county. For example, um, the first rank vendor proposed on only one plan for the group accident coverage when the county has two plans. And so they did not propose a price for one of those. Uh, the second vendor did propose on both of them. And ironically, <laughs> the way the RFP methodology was constructed by the second vendor putting the price in for both plans, it actually hurt the second vendor because the first rank vendor got more points because they only proposed price on one plan instead of two. So their cost was less, uh, disregarding the fact they didn't propose on one, one full plan. And then also uh, neither vendor proposed the price on the group cancer plans. Um, so, so that wasn't considered. So, you know, yes, Colonial did propose different plans, but that's not what the county asked for in the RFP. You know, I, I believe there, there could be, should be a basis to consider those, those top plans in the future. But, you know, and I believe from what I understand also, the evaluation committee in determining responsibility was very concerned that the employees would not have coverage if all proposals were rejected. And we believe that was a factor in them allowing these these two proposals to be responsible. But in fact, that is not the case. There are options uh, to continue coverage. Right now, one option is with the current vendor is willing to extend for another year mm -hmm. while the county reissues a better constructed RFP. And then there's also the possibility of piggybacking on contracts with other jurisdictions, which is allowable. But um, we believe it is so flawed, and we don't make these recommendations to reject lightly. It's so flawed that we need to go out with another RFP, better and, and, and changes reflected to try to make sure everybody understands the RFP is able to propose on the plans that we have and the plans that we might desire. All right, very, Mr. Bell, very well spoken. Thank you for that. Uh, Commissioner Furr, followed by Senator Geller. We, we very, very rarely hear from Mr. Milton. You do, yeah, I know. And, and so, you know, the fact that you're bringing up uh, and alerting us to this, um, and, I, and I, I appreciate Colonial coming up, um, because it does, honestly, it does look like you have a pretty good program. But it looks like we need to go back out. And that's your recommendation? Yes, sir. And that's your recommendation? I'm going to make a motion to And then extend, of course, the contract we currently have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And for those who went through that process, and, you know, I'm sorry, people have to go through that process and put all that work in. And I think all of us are apologies for that. But we want to make sure we get it right, too. So I think that's what we're trying to do here. Right? Yeah. So I'll make a motion. Second. Moved in second, but the continued for discussion got Senator Geller followed by Vice Mayor. Thank you. Uh, my inclination is to support the motion because 
um, because again, we don't. I don't remember the last time you brought up a motion like this, but I do have some questions because I know how much time, effort, money goes into preparing a response to an RFP, and you know I hate subjecting the private vendors to that unless there is a substantial reason. So I want to just understand it a little better. Um, in your opinion, were the two, uh, I think if the selection committee ranked the two vendors both responsive and responsible, is that correct? Yes. And do you agree that the two were responsive and responsible, or do you believe that one of them, that they were responsive but not responsible, or responsible but not responsive? We, we. <laughs> there is a difference. <laughs> Which are? Yeah, let me put it this way. Responsive means that you answer all the questions. Which are, I said. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, the, we, yeah. Don't, we don't believe, uh, in our opinion, neither of those two vendors answered all of the questions and proposed on the plans that they were supposed to propose on. Okay. Does the county attorney uh, have any opinion? No, I mean, I think they were found to be responsive and responsible, but there are other extenuating circumstances here. Uh, obviously, the concern is that the current product is, uh, seems to be protective of employees and the proposals perhaps less so. Uh, uh, so l legally, you can do whatever you, you want here, and, and it is unfortunate that it comes down to this sometimes, but it is legal uh, to approve motions and be. Okay. And final, I think finally, um, depending on your answer, the. Um, what was the, uh, you said that the, it was poorly worded. Can you give us an example? Or what, what, in your opinion, caused it to not be responsive or responsible? Um, were they told, you know, give us your best shot at providing coverages? Or were they told, here are the 18 categories that we're asking you. I've made up 18, but here's the specific categories we're asking you to provide coverage, and they failed to respond to all, all the ones you listed. Um, I don't have the exact language in front of me, but uh, the situation was that the county basically said to propose on plans comparable to the current plans, and uh, I believe it did list the current plans the county has. But as a primary example of the flaw in the methodology is, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, it's ridiculous for a, a firm not to propose on one program on the cost, and then they get more points. But, you know, when they're not up there, they didn't propose on it. So there should have been a mechanism to adjust that and uh, somehow uh, to rank by program or whatever so that somebody is benefits from not proposing instead of being penalized for not proposing. And another thought is, you know, we, we do think about the, the two that proposed and would have to go through the process again, but what about the three that also took the time to propose and didn't get it right and were kicked out of the process and not even considered? I am going to apologize to the uh, Colonial because I know you all went through a lot of time, money, and effort. I'm not an expert on this specific RFP for our auditor who very, very rarely does this, says that it was flawed. I have to yield to his superior acumen on this, so I'll, I'll be supportive of the motion. 
Thank you. Vice Mayor? Yeah, this is also pretty distressing, I think. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm wanting to know what kind of process do we have that an RFP is looked at before it goes out on the street so that this cannot happen? Well, I'll let the county administrator respond to that in part, but I do want to say that, you know, as you recall, several years ago now, this was happening frequently with you right. all. Correct. And, and at that point, uh, I, I involved my office in reviewing all right. RFPs before they hit the street, and the primary purpose is to try to avoid this situation. Uh, and I think we've been pretty successful in doing that. We Virtually every one, we have two to three pages or more of comments requested changes before they go out. But, you know, so in this you, case, did you, did you we, we this missed one? it. Oh, you, your uh, office. We looked at it, we reviewed it, but we didn't realize, you know, what would happen. So I'll, I'll take responsibility yeah. for okay. part I of that. Okay, I just wanted we, to we know that we have a process in Monica, place. I don't know if you it, want to explain Oh, no, 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 who wrote it? I'm sorry. So, no, so it, hold on. Wait. Yeah, so I was just talking with our, our purchasing team. So um, this looks like uh, this particular uh, solicitation was, was done in conjunction with our, our, our brokerage uh, for insurance benefits. And so um, it looks like it, we could have probably done a better job um, as a team to, to look at the clarifying um, roles and, and, th and things of that nature. I will say that in looking at um, the backup of this in more detail, um, as Mr. Melton has explained, when the responses are not um, fully uh, responsive to what we asked for in the RFP, um, you know, that determination of responsive and responsibility, responsiveness and responsibility does lie with the evaluation committee. <clears throat> so, um, you know, that is where that resides. So it's not that we go back and override that body and and so that is why, why um, the auditor, after the fact, came back because, I guess in, in your opinion, I don't want to put words in your mouth, that, that it, was, it, it did not fully meet the, the requirements of the RFP, um, that the submitters did not respond to all of the requests that we had. So it, was, it looks like it was a confluence of a couple of issues that happened with this evaluation um, uh, of this uh, solicitation. And so that's what the recommendation is to, to go back out. I agree, it could have been done um, a little better and maybe even prior to this point when we got the, resp when the responses, uh, maybe it could have been done um, earlier on in the, in the uh, process. Yeah, I might, I might add, if I may, the, the reason that we came back and questioned it is, you know, as all of you know, that under the new code, uh, and where the administrator has the authority to award RFPs or proposals, um, she sends the notice to you all and to me that if this will be awarded unless one of you all object to it. Well, it's not really in the code though or unless the auditor objects, but we review all of those so that we can let you know if we have an objection to it. In this case, we did that and we did have an objection. So we wrote a memo to the county administrator that she attached and so she followed through with our recommendation. If if administration had not followed through, then we would have issued a separate memo to you. But we are we do that as a safeguard for you all to 
to review the processes and so forth and make sure we don't have any objections. In this case, we did. Very good. And Vice it was Mayor. based on the responses that were received. And so that's what, that's why I was saying that, you know, earlier on, uh, I'm going to, you know, task our team to look at some of um, these types of solicitations when it's a non-county um, funded um, benefit, so to speak, because I think that's where um, some of this uh, kind of got crosshaired. But, you know, for the safeguard that, that Bob was mentioning is, in fact, how this is supposed to work. In, in coordination with our two offices and the county attorney's office. Okay, Vice Mayor. Okay, Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I don't know what to agree to. And I'm gonna tell you why I'm a little bit um, concerned with the process, but I hear my, our administrator and our auditor trying to explain what happened and I'm saying if I'm on a committee and I'm part of doing the ranking and I observe or just feel that something is wrong, do you continue with the process and all of that? What would trigger you saying, guys, something is, something is wrong here? I didn't see that trigger from the company, the group that was doing the ranking. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. So, that you're correct in that the committee, the evaluation committee, voted um, and they deemed both of these companies as responsive and responsible. So that is why it went forward. So at that point, that body that sat to do the evaluation, they have the authority to let this continue to move forward and they ranked the firms. After that is when um, Mr. Melton sent the advisory because based on what their evaluation as the auditor's office, they felt that there were sufficient issues with it, that they sent me that memo, and based on that memo is why I have now brought this item forward as a motion, uh, a suggestion to reject all based on, on his recommendation. And the major issue, Mr. Auditor, for you, what was that? Uh, I, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't hear your question, but you said? The major issue to our, for our auditor, what was that red flag yeah. on this process? Before I respond to that, I'd like to add to what Monica t talked about in relation to your previous question. I believe one thing that we need to, to look at with, with the evaluation committee is, I, th I believe there could be benefit to staff having more discussion with the evaluation committee, for example, on this, you know, staff, perhaps to my knowledge, did not say, you know, don't worry if you find all these non-responsible because we do have alternatives. There is a possibility of extending for a year to give us time to go back out. You know, I think if they're not, not prejudicially, but if they're briefed on the situation so they have full knowledge when making these decisions, I think it could be helpful. But, you know, as far as the major thing, it's... Um, well, you know, obviously there were, there were more, kick, more proposals kicked out than were evaluated. So that's the first indicator that there's a problem with the RFP. And then secondly, uh, you have the proposals that were left in that didn't propose price on the same plans that the employees currently have. And then you have the, the scoring methodology that gives the proposer more points for omitting proposing on a program 
that we wanted. So you put all those things together, and that's how it added up to us to recommend rejection. Okay. Well, I'm going to say I'm a statement that you made that maybe there or internal the ranking committee, um, the evaluation. We need to do that. And I like that you're offering a solution to that problem, and mm -hmm. it was specific. I also believe certain things that's going out to the public that is critical, that's so costly for some companies to apply and participate in this process, and to go through all of that, and it's at this last minute we're saying, mm -hmm. okay, we're gonna change this. I know we might have sent out letters, but that one letter don't cost as much as the, for them to prepare to be here. And I like your solution because sometimes it's internal. I, I'm glad you took ownership of the fact that we could have done better internally on that RFP going out. That's my comment, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Bogan? Yeah, Commissioner Rogers, you asked a question I didn't think you got answered. So um, you asked admin, um, and, and maybe I, you did get answered. I want to just clarify. So the evaluation committee moves forward even though there's something wrong. Okay, mm -hmm. um, dumb question. Why, and who's on the evaluation committee? And why didn't they, um, why did they move forward? So I can't speak for why certain decisions were made because I did not, I, I didn't participate, I don't know. Um, you know, what was the mindset there, but I will tell you that they're tasked with reviewing all of the evaluate, uh, the proposals that are received and they go through um, the RFP and what is requested um, in the RFP and then they go through. Um, That's not my the, question. I, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Um, and they go through the evaluation process and then they will deem based on the information they have whether or not they individually feel that these companies and these respondents are responsive and responsible. So they make those determinations based on all of the information. So they made a wrong determination. Would you agree with that? I, do, I, can't, I can't say that because I was not, the, I didn't review the information, right, personally. Now what I will say is I stand by the recommendation <clears throat> to reject all based on the information that our auditor and their team went through and, and look through all, it. all I'm getting at is how are you gonna how are you as the administrator gonna make sure that it doesn't happen again so we don't have to sit here for an hour going over it how do we make sure the people on this on this committee uh, are told that hey there's a problem the auditor found the problem and how do we make it so it doesn't happen again so well, I'm gonna go back with my purchasing team and make sure that from a, a training standpoint and, and a briefing state um, standpoint that prior to each um, evaluation committee taking place that there are meetings that take place with the subject matter experts in this field in these fields to make sure that all of the evaluation committee members have that uh, afforded that opportunity to have the briefing and be able to talk about responsibility and responsiveness of each vendor okay so just wind up here real quickly um, oh, I understand too that the responses of the RFP uh, doesn't have the same benefits as we currently have now. It's actually less benefits. Is that correct? Did I hear that somewhere? Um, not all of the plans that we have now were proposed with the price in the RFP. Now, you know, the, the top-ranked vendor proposed other programs 
but that's not congruent with what we have now. Like they proposed a legal services program. Well, okay. we already have legal services with another provider, but the, the ones I mentioned were not proposed with a price. Okay, very good. So again, I, I just I want to personally apologize to Colonial um, that you went through this arduous process and cost and time, and time is money. Uh, it's unfortunate that, that on our end that, that we did not take measures that would have ironed this out so we wouldn't be in this position. So I would hope that the next RFP you still would respond. I know that's probably a little bit burning your heart right now, maybe not to, uh, but I hope and pray that you guys would definitely look at the new RFP and, and um, be a participator in that. But uh, again, I cannot uh, go, again, Mr. Melton, you know, again, you, you speak very rarely at our meetings. Could you do everything behind the scenes? And we appreciate that. But this one, I have to support you because it just doesn't make sense. Everybody's caught in the crosshairs. Staff is. Evaluation committee is the vendors are etc. So it's it's an unfortunate situation, but I think this board needs to move forward and reject and get back out as soon as possible on the street. A nice RFP, a correct RFP, that everybody understands, and that there's no questions about what the responses should be. Okay, Mr. Rogers, real quick. Yes, you said colonial. I wanted to add for the record, McKinley Financial. That was part. They're part, part of colonial, correct? Okay, separate. Either one, everybody out there, I want you to make sure that hopefully you're not heartburned too much that you can't respond again, okay? All right, any further discussion? Okay, let's rewind because I wasn't sure where the motion came from in that particular time. So is there a motion to move Commissioner Fur made Commissioner Fur made the motion, and who seconded it? Was it Commissioner Dean, I think? But he's not here right now, so give me a second by Vice Mayor, okay? So let's move to second on the item. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Opposed. Okay. I thought Commissioner Eugene was, um, he, had a, he couldn't excuse himself. He abstained. He abstained. Oh, he abstained. He has to abstain. That's correct. That's, 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 that's correct. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six in favor, one abstention, and one no. Okay, for the record. Thank you, Commissioner Rogers. Who's the no? Who's the no? Now he's back. Hazel. All right, that, that, that Hazel was the no vote. I said that, yes. And then it went on for 30 minutes. Okay, that concludes our agenda. We are now under non-agenda reports. Do want everybody to be cautious of our timeline. We do still have two workshops to do. So we'll begin with our uh, non-agenda reports. Uh, Commissioner McKenzie, as you walk in, do you have any non-agenda reports that you wish to talk about? Thank you, sir. Commissioner Bogan, any non-agenda reports? No, not, no, let's get going. Very good. Commissioner Ryan? None. Commissioner Dean? None. Vice Mayor? Uh, two thick, quick things. <laughs> I just wanted to congratulate uh, Sandy Michael McDonald and his staff and everybody that was involved with Fitzy. I know, Commissioner Bogan, you were very involved with that this year, and uh, it was uh, really an outstanding event. I was happy to be there. and. Uh, get to see some of it and um, just uh, I think it's a wonderful thing we're we're doing bringing in bringing all the, um, uh, the the folks in from many of these different countries this year focused on Africa this was really excellent um, then I also want to mention that um, 
I was able to uh, kind of fill in for our mayor at, um, although they had a video of you, at the, um, for the Public Good Gala that was sponsored by Legal Aid. And we received a, uh, a very prestigious award, the county did, the Tony Karat Excellence in Community Service Award. Vice Hello. Mayor. Oh, there it is. There it is. Everything's pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Always keep it in my pocket. I brought it back to give to him. You've got to be careful with that one. Um, and anyway, it was, it was hosted by the both legal aides, the Legal Aid Service of Broward. And if you remember, Coast to Coast Legal Aid came here and talked about that they're a separate organization. And, and uh, so they both did it. This was their 20th anniversary. And uh, it was just a, a very well-attended event. And... Um, uh, I just uh, also want to congratulate uh, my friends Bob and Grace Manny, uh, who received uh, award the the uh, well-deserved Spirit of Justice Award, and they are the ones through their foundation that are helping to fund our landlord recruitment program. They're working with uh, with our homeless uh, all of our homeless operations and uh, and supporting our homeless prevention programs through legal aid. And he will be honored at our luncheon, a uh, breakfast that we're having for landlords, November, I think it's 9th, Kim? Ninth? November, November the 9th, Kim? November 9th. The landlords, where we recognize 9th, them? Just for people to know. Yes. Yeah, November 9th. Okay, that's it. Yep. And just one more reminder, the uh, Jewish Federation of Broward County, again, having a vigil in support and solidarity uh, and hope for Israel. Uh, and that is at Temple Beth Emmett on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Thank you. Commissioner Furr? Thank you. Real quick, uh, we had a fantastic Resilience Roundtable uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Senator Rich and I hosted that with 28, with all the cities. The, um, our Resilient Environment team did a fantastic job there. Uh, Wednesday, the Solid Waste Authority will be voted on and become an authority. Um, that's tomorrow. Um, and then lastly, uh, read congratulations, the rest. Commissioner. Yes, Thank congratulations. You. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, uh, read for the record is October 26th. Um, for those who don't know, Broward County is, this is done throughout the entire world, but Broward County is the leader by far of the number of people that do this. We have a thousand people reading, mm. um, over 40,000 books being yeah. given out. Nice. If you want, if anybody that wants to be a reader, Go to Hands on Broward, and you can sign up, pick your school, pick everything, all that stuff. And that's all. Very good. Senator Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Senator Rich mentioned what I was, one of the things I was going to about the vigil tomorrow. Secondly, all of you have already received invitations, but I gave you another one today about the Holocaust Center, grand opening of the Interactive Learning Center. That is this Sunday. You've all been invited to the VIP uh, reception, which is 1230 to 2. The general reception is at 2. We'd love to see you there. If you are planning on coming, please let me know just so we can have name tags ready for you. And finally, I would like to remind everybody, um, making sure with Drew that I can do this, um, the uh, about uh, October 20th, the South Florida and Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council, he's smiling because we've discussed this, uh, the South Florida and Treasure Coast Regional Planning Councils are having a joint all-day meeting on the topic of recycling. Um, obviously, it's very strongly pertinent to our solid waste discussion, and uh, if you do need to register to go, 
um, you can contact South Florida Regional Planning Council. You can contact my office. We'll help you register or the county attorney's office. Um, and uh, there is no charge uh, to attend, um, but you do need to register. It is starting at 10 a.m. and it's right here at the uh, Performing Arts Center. Mr. Myers did want to jump in there, Senator. Mr. Myers did want to jump in there real quick. And, and thank you, Senator, and thank you, Mayor. It is a, a sunshine meeting, uh, so people will be admitted without registration. I think they just want to know if elected officials are going to be there. We, we want and, name tags yeah, ready. Yeah, for, for, right. for name tags. And I believe that Kristen Carter has reached out to everyone's office to find out if anybody who's not on the Regional Planning Council plans on attending, because if they do, then we're going to be making sure that it's sunshine. So, okay, uh, very good. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Senator. Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and I'm going to try to be brief. Today, the 10th of October, is World Mental Health Day. The objective of World Mental Health Day is to raise awareness of mental health issues in our communities and around the world. Also, just to remind everyone that Florida Government Week is October 16th through the 22nd. This is an opportunity for us to highlight the significant role that our local government plays in shaping our lives and the community. Municipal government is the government closest to the people. However, many residents are unaware of how city services impact their lives. Therefore, during Florida Government Week, we have the chance to bridge that gap and educate our residents around the invaluable service provided by our municipality and our county. I encourage all of us to get involved by educating residents on impact of city services. Let's make Florida Government Week an opportunity for unity, knowledge, and appreciation. I had the honor of being the Grand Marshal at the Juna Carnival at Central Broad Park on September 30th. I took part in a press conference announcing the ICC Men's T20 World Cup Cricket in Central Broward County, along with our mayor, it was we had a good time. Folks really were encouraged and excited about the fact that three cities or three three states, I think New York, yes, Texas, Texas and, New York. and Broward County, Correct. and of course we are shovel ready, everything is intact, and the funding that came from this board to help us to make sure we achieve all of our goals I appreciate the support from this commission. I continue to encourage and listen to District 9 residents' <laughs> concerns in order to connect them with vital information and available resources. Cultural and sports tourism is a major attraction in Broward County. You have invested, now it's time for us to see what Texas and New York will be doing and what we need to do to come out on top of this. So if there's a trip to Texas and New York, this commissioner is asking to be included in that. Tomorrow, October 11, between 5.30 and 7.30, Broward County School is hosting a community forum. Was it canceled? Broward County School is hosting a community forum to update stakeholders on this parity study. This meeting will be at Plantation High School. I encourage stakeholders to attend and ask questions. I consider the two million plus residents of Broward County stakeholders in whatever happens on that side also. I want to also add for those that did not know, I'm proud of 
this budget because yes, $3 million towards cricket. Yes, I'm proud because micro grant was also approved and I'm meeting with Sandy to make sure that we reach the goals that we set for this. Mental health supportive services, half a million requested and funding, housing affordability and homelessness. We will continue to have conversations around this issue. And of course, the foreign trade zones that we must address some of those issues. I will stay focused on making sure we connect our port to the, our off-site foreign trade zones. And I thank you for listening because my district does listen to everything that I advance. And thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner Rogers. Mr. Melton, anything? No more, sir. Mr. Myers, thank anything? Your Just you, you're going to announce afterwards, I'm sure, Mayor, we have uh, two hours of ethics. Uh, so if you drink All caffeine, right. please have more. Yes. Uh, if you don't, consider taking it up. Okay. Before I wind up, uh, Ms. Sapir, anything? I just wanted to um, say one quick thing, and then I want you to, to um, pay attention to our the next uh, county administrator's video, because we have a lot of awards um, that have been received by our, our very competent staff. I will not I literally have a whole page um, that I will spare you with right now, but if you could please listen to that next video message, because we have a lot of folks on our team that have been recognized nationally um, and locally for, for their significant contributions. One thing I will share is that Broward County was recently named healthiest 100 workplaces in America from healthiest employers. Um, and I want to make sure that I give a shout out to Linda Duffy, um, our program manager for our wellness program, who was also awarded the Healthiest Employee Wellness Champion Award for her um, for her um, contributions in that in that in that body of work. So that was it. Thank you. Very good. Just a couple things, real quickly. I want to obviously thank Vice Mayor and Commissioner Dean and Commissioner McKenzie uh, for joining at the Terminal Five groundbreaking yesterday, along with Ms. Sapiro. And I'm just going to say the Gale team. The Gale team is uh, really incredible, but it really is an opportunity for the Lieutenant Governor to be there, and it was really nice to, to kick off our Terminal 5. And again, Fitzy, uh, Sandy Michael McDonald, uh, you're again, and just amazing what you're able to do at Fitzy as well. So keep, you know, I'm not going to talk about my other things that we're going to come up next week, but um, it's just a, a great day. I want to obviously thank uh, Renee here. You, Renee, you um, being at the uh, Residential Advisory Board meeting last night, uh, thank you for all your assistance in getting us to that finish line, hopefully, and the commissioners, and obviously Mr. Chair was there, Mr. Chair Bogan. Uh, but I think we're in the right track, and, and we'll come back and report, obviously, to this commission what ultimately we recommend. But thank you for your patience in your time last evening. We appreciate that. Okay, before I adjourn, again, uh, we're going to go to room 430 for, number one, our ethics training workshop, and followed by our joint study for the New River Crossing alternatives will follow that. Uh, so give us about 10 minutes if we can to take a quick break. And then obviously lunch is over there as well. So this meeting officially is adjourned.